Get ready for two hours of hard-hitting football talk. Straight from their jocks about the jocks. It's Football on the Know with Jim and Joe. Right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Football on the Know. I am Jim McPhee, and Joe DeCapita is right here uh, via Zoom. Uh, not with us here in the studio, but he is with us here tonight. Sorry for the late start, but we were trying to figure out technical difficulties. But we are here. It is our fourth annual holiday show. So let's get this thing rock and rolling. Joe, how the hell are you, buddy? What's going on, Autos? Welcome back for another edition of Football on the No Show. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we had football, dude. You know, we, we thought maybe with the uh, COVID, what was going to go on with all these teams, uh, games postponed, but we still had it, and we've had it every day this week except for tonight and then go right back into football tomorrow night. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's insane. The, the biggest part of this is this is kind of the thing that every football fan wants is they want a game, at least one game, like every day of the week. That would be, but that's in a perfect world. But so far we're riding this this COVID wave with everybody not being able to make games, and now they're starting to move them around. So it's, it works for the, the fans at home because now we get more games throughout the week, but in the end it all gets sorted out. Mm, absolutely. So let's talk about some of the games. I know it seems like it's been kind of forever ago, uh, but on Thursday last week, um, the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, I feel that game that the Chargers really had them the whole game. But I think just really Brandon Staley, his decision making throughout that game just hurt that team. And I think maybe uh, maybe this is just me going off again like I kind of do, Joe, you know me, but. Uh, I'm wondering if this will be hard on like the, the players. Will they start to not follow this guy? Because, you know, the players, you have to do what your coach tells you. And you keep making these decisions you keep going for it, going for it, and giving up the points, and they're not getting it done. That's the difference between losses right now and wins with them. Absolutely. And they had that game won. Like, if instead of those fourth down conversions that, that they attempted, if, if they just went and kicked the field goal, that's 12 points that they would have added to their total, which would have put them over the top and they would have ended up coming away with that win against the Chiefs, which was a crucial, crucial game that they needed to get back up on top of the division. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like uh, Kansas City, we had the discussion whether they might be back or not or whatever. Uh, but, again, they were getting handled and where their defense has kind of really stepped up for them lately. They didn't look so hot in that game. And uh, by by them not converting on those fourth downs and giving uh, up points right there, that just gave a lot of momentum to Kansas City right there to come back and, and come get back into that game. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the big thing is like momentum, 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 momentum. Mm-hmm. It, it happens every single game. There's always some kind of outcome that happens that can totally change the whole complexity of the game. And, and that's where you saw the Chargers and their coaching staff still continue to try to go for it on fourth downs. Now, they've done this all season long. They've done this against any opponent that they faced. And a lot of times they've they've been pretty good at it. However, there's these there's these tough games that are must have where you can't just go and say, oh, we're going to go for it. You know, what I mean, you're going to have to play a little bit closer to the vest. You're going to be have to be smart about this and take the points when they're there, because in the end, that's where they lost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, do you want to talk about momentum, too? 
Let's talk about those Arizona Cardinals. And how about that game? The Detroit Lions. How about that? That was one of the games that when we did our picks last week, I'm like, oh, I'm just like, do we need to discuss this one? I'm going Arizona, blah, blah, blah. And we thought it, would, it was a great team to bounce back from. Whoever thought this was a super trap game for them, right? But you go into Detroit and you get the teeth knocked out of you. And it seemed like they really didn't have even like a fight to get back into this thing. No, it's 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 really odd right now with with the Cardinals. It doesn't seem like they have that killer be killed attitude like they once had in the beginning of the season. I mean, yeah, Kyler Murray comes back obviously from injury, so you kind of expected uh, some things, you know, in the past couple of weeks with him, like coming back, like maybe he's got to you know dust some rust off type of thing. But usually, Kyler Murray handles himself really well, and I didn't see anything from the offense overall. Um, not just Murray, but it, it seemed like everybody was kind of off beat a little bit. Nobody was in, you know, nobody was having that fluid transition and, and, and executing all these plays that they normally do. So, and I understand they are missing DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to be around for them anytime soon. However, guys got to step up. AJ Green had to step up. Christian Kirk had to step up. All these other guys had to step up and we just didn't see it. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's the thing. And uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury had said we only go as far as what Kyler can do for us, and he made a lot of mistakes in that game. But yeah. also, when you talk about it, you said even like D Hop, when there was crucial moments, and they went for it and made went for that conversion on fourth down. It's in his hands, and you know DeAndre Hopkins, he's good oh. for catching balls just with one hand, literally right here in the like the way you're supposed to catch it too with the whole triangle. He's there, and somehow. Somebody put butter on his fingers it, where he tipped right out of there and then hits his foot, ding, ding, bang, and gone. And just like that, a guy that they can rely on, and that's why I'm sure why he was set up for that play, and he was, wasn't even uh, able to put it in. And later on uh, on a play uh, in that game, uh, got injured and never came back, and now you, you know what's happening with his injury, so he won't be back. And that's a crucial thing. And Yeah, and that just goes to show you as well is that nobody is perfect. DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, everybody drops the ball once in a while. And unfortunately for Hopkins, it was that critical play that he needed to, to you know execute for his team and just didn't come away with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. But Detroit, they go and play uh spoiler right there, at least for that week. And that ends up taking uh, the Cardinals down a notch to where now the, the, the pack can move up right there. Um, also with a uh, yep. Tampa Bay loss this week. Uh, how about that one? That was another <laughs> surprise for me because, again, we've seen the way that Taysom Hill has played lately and shows you that, that he is not capable of basically being a starting quarterback in this league. Dumbest decisions. He even did it in that game. But it was kind oh, yeah. of funny because I, I'm starting up watching this game and, you know, they bring in, they have Mike Tirico there. They bring in, you know, Chris Collins where it slides in on his chair. Oh, hey, I am here. And they kind of do their whole back and forth, you know, blah, 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 Tom Brady, we love you, yada, yada. But they're like kind of, you know, just to do the song and dance, like what did the Saints got to do to get into this game, blah, blah, blah. And he went and brought up the point that, the Saints defense has really had the number of Tom Brady, especially since he's been there with Tampa. He has not been able to beat them. And look, lo and behold, that was the story of the game. And that's really what it was. I mean, you, you saw how low scoring that game was all the way throughout. And 
the defense just they did their homework and it seems like they have Tom Brady's number uh so no matter what the Buccaneers were trying to do they just didn't have an answer for that defense and it showed right there on national tv that uh you can handle Brady Mm -hmm. absolutely and then uh during that game too losing a lot of weapons were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um Mike Mike Evans goes down, but he's going to be a day a week to week kind of with his injury. And yeah. uh now Chris Godwin shut down for the rest of the season. Was that torn ACL? And also now yep. Leonard Fournette in trouble. So now where they have uh went and signed Le'Veon Bell to their squad now to try and get something something going for the running game. But I thought I think what was also mm -hmm. funny about uh this with Tampa uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady again we hear the narrative all the time great quarterbacks are supposed to be able to uh, you know make these guys better and and blah 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 and all this that stuff and this is the, uh, the the goat the greatest quarterback of all time and he loses a couple of his top wide receivers but that wide receiving room is deep and you still weren't able to muster yeah. up any points for them meanwhile I'm looking at the Giants who are just terrible and they had, you know, you know, Daniel Jones with nobody when they were injured. He barely had any starters, and they were even not putting up a lot of points. But they could at least do it. What? Why couldn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get it done here? Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay. It, they're listen. They're the favorite. You know what I mean? They they've managed to return with most of of their crop from last year. So everybody had pushed them up to the forefront. Obviously returning Super Bowl champions possibly but now now they're going through a little bit of a grinder right now with with all these key losses like Mike Evans is week to week like you said Godwin is definitely done for the regular season they said there's a possibility but I don't see it uh, of him coming back but because that torn ACL is just too damaging mm -hmm. um but also they also lost Levante David uh one of their supreme linebackers is now done for the regular season so um there, it seems like when they just start to get healthy on the defensive front, you know, and, and become that complete team like we saw last year, now it seems like guys are dropping like flies as they get closer and closer to the playoff run. So this is definitely going to dramatically um, play a part in, in their playoff run. Uh, we already know that they're going to most likely make the playoffs. They're not going to fall out of the sky all of a sudden. So, but what's going to happen is when they get into the playoffs, are they going to be able to be the same Tampa Bay Buccaneers team um, and, and kind of take over? And without, without these key players, like everybody can say Brady is the GOAT and Brady is the all-time best quarterback ever. However, doesn't matter how great your quarterback is if you don't have the players around him to help him get there. Mm -hmm, absolutely that's the thing and that goes to show you when you lose some weapons like that uh what that can do to a team you know and even tom brady you know again no matter what you are you're still vulnerable uh when you have issues like that and um that's one thing a lot of people don't take in perspective when you talk about tom brady you know he's had a lot of good weapons there gronk wasn't even playing on a high level in that particular game either i mean he wasn't looking like his traditional old self uh getting a little frustrated with the way he was getting uh, guarded by uh, Malcolm Jenkins. He's always said that he even had issues with him because he gets he's pretty close in stature, at least to him, you know, height wise and kind of strength wise. And he gets physical with him. And that always messes with him a little bit. Uh, Absolutely. But, but, I, 
Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. All right. And I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the story of that game. Uh, again, not a very good game to watch. A lot of just back and forth mistakes and uh, defensively uh, good for the, the Saints. Uh, but again, a game of field goals and stuff like that. Not a lot of people like to watch that whole deal. Um, but also uh, another thing, I, I think a game that was uh, cool to check out here or interesting, I think, for me is Tennessee. Again, they're another team that we've kind of looked at, and, and they're still, if you talk about contender, pretender, that's a thing that you don't know with this team. They're constantly questioning you. Like, when you look at them, what are these guys? Sometimes they're in it, sometimes they're not. That game, they had it. They had that game locked in, and it just seemed like they just made too many mistakes, and, and it seemed like even when it was time to run the ball, and really play, let's control this game and get that ground game going. Uh, they went to go pass with Ryan Tannehill, and he was getting pressured. And then that defense, T.J. Watt, even though he got injured in that game, he was still playing lights out. And that defense, that Pittsburgh front line, was really pressuring um, uh, Ryan Tannehill hard, and they made the mistakes and got them back into that game. Yeah, and that's the thing about this Tennessee Titans team. We, we've, throughout this whole season – have suspected them of are they really legit or are they just pretending to be a playoff caliber team? Because they throughout this whole season, they've gone through a little bit of a changeover from time to time. You look at the the one at one point, they didn't have Julio Jones or AJ Brown. They they go, then all of a sudden Derek Henry goes down with an injury. He's done, you know, what I mean for the regular season at least. And then it was like okay, well, A.J. Brown or, or Julio Jones returns, then he gets hurt again, then A.J. Brown is due to come back. So there's a lot of big-time players that are in and out of the lineup, so that's definitely going to affect them uh, offensively. And and defensively has been – their defense has been the, the, the thing that everyone's talking about. Their defense has been stepping up, which we – hey, myself, I, I criticized Tennessee's uh, defense before the season even started. I said, well – if we're going off of last year, they struggled big time and it didn't matter who was in the lineup. And now it seems to be that they're, they're making that turn around the corner to becoming one of those really good defenses in the NFL. And, but they got to put it together on offense. So I understand they're missing Derrick Henry, but going down the stretch, there's only about what three games left in the, in the regular season. Mm -hmm. There's gotta be some, so, so, it's not just Ryan Tannehill. It's got to step up. It's also everybody else that gets a chance or an opportunity uh, to make plays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And uh, talk about injuries this season, too. A lot of different uh, injuries this week. We saw Teddy Bridgewater go out, and that looked pretty scary. Um, if you look at the um, that Chargers game back in Thursday, too, when, uh, was it Pelgrim? I think the, the tight end, that was an interesting injury to see. Also, because you kind of look at it and it looked like your typical kind of jump up for the ball, had it and then kind of fell. But it looked like nothing. And then after you're watching the slow-mo, yeah. you're looking at it and you can see instantly when it, he goes lights out, you know, it's to sleep. And then, you know, by you watch MMA, I know a lot of us uh, watch it and, and people that watch us. When you see a guy get knocked out, you see the arms tighten and, and there it is. But then. As they're going through it all, it even looked like it was a spinal injury, like all of a sudden. You're like, what's going on? Because he 
they try to get him responsive, but then trying to check uh, uh, what was going on with, with his, his appendages and stuff, see if everything was able to be moving and stuff. So that was a scary injury as well. But a lot of people going out on stretchers this week. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, too, is like, look, I mean, luckily, Parham looks like he's going to, you know, return. He's mm-hmm. going to be OK. He suffered a, 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 a I would I would categorize it as a severe concussion, mm-hmm. something that something that isn't common that happens in the NFL. Yeah, concussions in general, like mild concussions, some light concussions happen c- quite common. But for what Parham went through. That to me is a pretty serious thing, and that's something that's got to be looked at by the Chargers uh, organization and by Parham and his family themselves, uh, because depending on how he returns and how he comes back from that, how he rehabs from it, um, that was a really scary moment for everybody that was watching that game, because you don't want to see players get injured, you know, and end their careers from an injury, but that looked pretty darn scary to the point where he's got to be evaluated like two times over. You know what I mean? Make sure that a, he's going to be a okay to get back on the football field and take another hit. And then B is for his well being going forward. So uh, hopefully they make the right decision, um, which I, I'm hoping that that's what's going to happen. But, uh, but also like to touch on Teddy Bridgewater too. He also, they did it. It was all, uh, just to make sure, like putting them on the stretcher and everything that ended up being a concussion as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all about protecting these players and, and making sure after these injuries that occur, making sure that they are OK and that they are 100 percent before they come back onto the football field. Right. And, and um, just to touch on it quick and then we can move on. But. Chris Collinsworth also during the broadcast brought up the fact that when you saw that hit on Chris Godwin, where uh, defenders have to go low now because, you know, you know, instead of going high and maybe get flagged for that. And they, they always say yep. why receivers would rather get hit high than low. Cause that's your livelihood. You need to use yep. your legs to run and do everything. And that could end a career just like that. Um, now it's started a whole momentum driving again, stuff like that, where other p- players, Tom Brady, have to s- step up and say something. Other one players will say something. Oh, there should be a penalty now against that. Do you oh, think boy. that is a, even an issue and stuff like that? I've seen some memes like where they had almost made it like a strike zone and it showed red on the legs and then like red at the top and there's like a little mini yellow bar like at the waist. Like, this is your strike zone. This is like the little thing. And it's it's I know it's poking fun a little bit and it's not a funny situation the way injuries happen and stuff, but it's getting kind of ridiculous with what we have to do. We talked about injuries when we I talked about the fake slide with you and we had that debate. This is going to be ridiculous if they do try to make this some sort but sort of uh, chopping like penalty or something or other. Uh, it's going to be another ticky tacky, I think, where they need to find intent on harm and things like that if they do something like that. But I think they should just leave it alone. I think they should leave it alone because here's the thing is we're getting too technical. Uh, Roger Goodell and the NFL are getting way too happy with making new rules. There was nothing wrong with the NFL. Okay. I understand you want to make it safer and you want to, you want to create some rules that, that make it a little bit of a safer game as much as possible without taking away from the game. However, they've already ruined the quarterback situation. 
Like, I understand if you want to create a rule and say, okay, well, you can't hit the quarterback on the, in the head. You can't hit helmet to helmet. You can't whack him over the, over the helmet. I understand that. Okay, I get it. But then you start to say, oh, well, you can't take, you can't take the legs out because then that's a penalty. you got to hit in the midsection. But there's too, way too many variables to get around. And you're talking to defensive players that are running 110 miles an hour, full board. And you want them to select and make sure that they hit a certain target? Get out of here! That's ridiculous. So the quarterback is the quarterback position is already overly protected, and then on top of that, now now they want to talk about making maybe rules for receivers. Come on, listen. A hit is a hit. Now the only way that they could maybe take a look at this is if they were willing to say, okay, well, any kind of hard hit they go to a replay real quick. That's the only way to get around it because we've seen time and time again, this season, last season, the season before that, there's been great hits and they throw the flag automatically because it was a punishing hit. But then you go to watch it in slow motion and it was a legit hit. Mm -hmm. There was no reason to throw a flag Mm -hmm. just because a guy got drilled. Doesn't mean that it's automatically a penalty. So they need to reevaluate what what they are going to call going forward because the game is already overly protected and they and they need to i get making it safe but they need to um realize that this takes a dramatic impact on every single game there's the outcome changes yeah 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 absolutely and again it it goes the difference from a defender making a great play to like all of a sudden, again, like you said, you want to change the game over and, and be like, oh, no, now that's a defenseless receiver somehow. It's like, dude, I have right. to tackle him. Like, I have to bring him down. Right. I have to stop his momentum from going forward. What else do I have to Listen. do, especially if I can't get in reach of doing a wrap-up tackle? My quickest defense right. is to charge at him with the shoulder. That's it. That's all right. I can do. Yeah. Make a leaping try to break it up. And that's where we end up getting into these yeah. these issues. And all and also, um, take a look back to Terrell Owens. Remember the rule that got made because of To. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got it in the back of his jersey. Got he got pulled down that from behind, mm-hmm. and he ended up tearing his ACL. Mm-hmm. So they ended up saying, "Oh well, now you can't grab the back pads no, of football players and drag them down." So. Um, that is another to me. That's another thing. You've always been taught as a football player or someone that has played football before. You've been taught by bring the ball carrier down by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Make the tackle. Mm-hmm. Do not let him go. You know what I mean. So when you got players that are reaching for whatever, I get it. Face mask is a legit penalty because you don't want the guy's neck getting contorted. Mm-hmm. I get that. But now you're now you're saying, well, now you can't. If you're behind them, you can't grab him from behind. So you're, you're at a loss there. So, I mean, I understand an, an injury occurred from it, but it doesn't happen all the time. So you can't create a new rule every time someone gets injured. That's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, another up and down week last week. It was, it was pretty crazy. We've got to see even um, 
uh, some different starters for Cleveland uh, for them. And then also uh, Garrett Gilbert last night's game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And even he looked fairly good against the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's the funny thing. Uh, when you look at the NFC East, it's still kind of a battle to get into a playoff spot. And the Philadelphia Eagles, mm -hmm. for me even, they've been really opportunistic again. One of those teams that happens to find some of these teams right when they start a Garrett Gilbert or another backup has to come in. Uh, you know, this team has COVID and then they play them and then they get a chance to win uh, because they didn't even look very good last night. But they are able to pull off that victory against Washington, who Washington's defense was playing their lights out to help this quarterback out. And he even had some time in the pocket and made some plays, but it just wasn't enough. They couldn't get the running game going and, and get back into that game. But it got it got close for a little while and just a couple of different, uh, you know, uh, decisions on, on uh, uh, officiating, I think, had made a difference in that game. And Philadelphia comes out with the win, but still you're, a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans are still left with the question if if Jalen Hurts is the guy even, too, because he made a lot of uh, bonehead mistakes in last night's game as well. And leading them into the, into the playoffs, if they do sneak in, because they do have to play the Giants again, so that's probably a win. Uh, they have to play the Cowboys again, and, and I forget who the other team is. They might even play Washington again, uh, but... It's all winnable. They can at least win two of those three games and maybe slide into the, the playoffs, but still not expecting them to go very far. Yeah, and that's the thing is is they still have a shot to make the playoffs. Obviously, it's a lot of the games are interdivision, so mm -hmm. if they do win those interdivision games, that definitely is going to help catapult them up there to sneak into the playoffs. Uh, the, the other thing, too, is this Eagles team, they've kind of been up and down all year. Like, mm -hmm. they haven't blown anybody out of the water like they they show moments here and there uh, of become maybe possibly becoming that next nfc east team to to kind of ascend but then the this decision making from jalen hurts mm -hmm. kind of brings them back down to it down a peg or yeah, two putting the um, ball on the ground and, too. And, also, and, and also i do question this coaching staff for the eagles i'm not sure this was the right fit um uh so i I listen, I question some of the play calling that's been made and uh, the, this Eagles team until they get everything all together. Now it looks like offense offensively for them in the passing department, it looks like Hertz is at least establishing good chemistry with his receivers at times. Mm -hmm. However, it, it's it. What, what concerns me for the Eagles is that they're still, they're just not there yet. You know what I mean? I think Hertz can be their guy, uh, but again, he's got to clean up some of the mistakes, and and they got to continue to build around him. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're there yet, and maybe they make the playoffs. But again, if they even if they do, and they and they and they, and they have like an upset against the Cowboys or something like that, and they end up getting into the playoffs, most likely they're they're going to be pretty much done when they make the wild card. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but it's an accomplishment. I mean, at least it shows Eagles fans and Eagles ownership that, you know, they're right there on the cusp. Uh, but we'll see what they do in, in the, in the future. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it is our fourth annual Christmas show here tonight, Joe. Uh, I'm excited to have you here with us. Cause again, it looked like you weren't going to be able to make it, but I'm definitely excited to have you here. And, uh, 
you can't really see this through through your side from, from Zoom, but I end up getting you a Christmas present. It is here waiting for you. So there you go. Merry Christmas, buddy. And uh, uh, yeah, so it's Christmas time. Uh, no snow out here in upstate New York yet, but it is getting frigid. It is cold as bricks out there. And it's funny. What's up? The, uh, don't say it. Why? Don't, don't say the S word. Oh, yeah, I know. We don't want it. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, what I hate about the, the whole index, dude, or whatever it is, they tell you, oh, it's 30-something degrees out, but it feels like 25 out there. Yeah, how do you know that it's 30-something, <laughs> but then it, all of a sudden it feels like 25? Yo, I just know that it's once it's below, for like, 30, I'm freaking freezing. I'm sorry. I said the F word, but it is. <laughs> it is cold. So you know what we got to do? We got to go talk to our guys here at Johnstone Supply. They're right there in Troy, Troy, New York, dude. And I saw Tom like two weeks ago, so I said hi to him. I got to meet him. It was great talking with him. And, uh, you know, the winter season's here, dude. It is freezing out there. It's getting cold. No snow, thank God. But, you know, that could be coming. Uh, but, hey, you know, Tro John Johnstone Supply in Troy, that's right. Go them. They're on 4th Avenue in Troy. Um, and they've got now the Goodman Furnaces in stock. Goodman Furnaces are not only made in America, but they are also the perfect blend of efficiency and dependability for wherever you may live. Even if you don't live up here in the upstate New York and where it's cold and stuff. You even live down south, that's fine. Buddy Mike Tackett, you know, maybe Joe, there's, there's a uh, Johnstone Supply down there. Not the ones we're talking about, but, you know, they had the same type of legit stuff down there. You might need one in Troy. Or, I mean, in uh, in Florida. Uh, but don't also up here, too, don't forget about cleaning your air filters and stuff like that before you vi their friends and family visit this Christmas season and, and, uh, and also on New Year's and stuff like that, too. Make sure everything's good to go. There are no fires and, and issues and, and backed up furnaces. If you have any kind of questions, all you got to do is call them at 518-272-5922. Whether it's George, Tom, Kev, or James, you know, they're the crew. They're all there to take care of you with the best advice in town. Go check them out, Johnstone Supply. That's right. Um, Joe, and now that's going to bring us to our um, our my uh, milk, milk carton missing player of the week. I've been doing a lot of these for this past uh, season here, and it's kind of funny. It seems like every time I pick a guy, that next week they start lighting it up. I just don't know what it is. Maybe I got the juice. Not sure. But my milk carton <laughs> player of the week this week, it was almost Tom Brady, but it's Russell Wilson. I put Russell Wilson on the milk carton, Joe. He's missing. He's MIA. He he played terrible. He was uh, only 156 yards, he, uh, zero touchdowns, an interception. Not really looking like the Russell Wilson of old, especially the last couple weeks even. Uh, maybe it's the finger that's been bothering him. Not sure if that's still going. Um, we've seen him running for his life before with this team. Um, yeah. But just as of recently, he looks really bad, and even that game, uh, you're, I get it. You're facing even that Los Angeles Rams defense to where maybe now with Von Miller really starting to get that connection on the other side with with um, Aaron Donald and stuff like that and really finding his place. But really, you know, not looking too good. No, not at all. And, and that's that's the thing is the Seattle Seahawks offense has not faced a Rams defense like this. That. It's usually been like, okay, they had Michael Brockers and they had Aaron Donald and they, and they had like Leonard, you know, they got Leonard Floyd and that type of thing. And mm -hmm. so the, the real, really the only guy that was real scary is Aaron Donald. Mm -hmm. But now you have a guy who specializes in pass rushing in Von Miller to come off the edge. 
and you got Aaron Donald coming up the middle, and it's like, and they actually have a, a, a few that young up and coming players like they normally do that are also making you know a little bit of a splash on the football field. So everybody on on that on that side of the ball is just straight up attacking. They're they're getting after it, and what you saw with Seattle is their offensive line. We already know that they they still need help at O line. But what you saw is them being manhandled up front by this Rams defense, and there's not a whole lot that they could do about it. So, the, you know, that pro, that most likely attributed to Russell Wilson's play. It definitely affected them. However, this is a Rams defense. And listen, they push all the chips to the center of the table right now. They went out and got Von Miller. You know what I mean? They went out and got Odell Beckham to help with the offense because – um, Robert Woods is done for the year. So they, they are putting everything they have into this team right now to win right now. Uh, if they come up short, then it's going to all blow up because you and you and me know, Jim, that this team was already on the cusp of being cap constrained. Now they've kind of just said, okay, we're opening up the books. We're going to make a trade for Von Miller. We're going to bring in Odell Beckham. And let's just let's just see if we we can ride the wave to the Super Bowl. If anything less than that is a failure, and you're going to see a lot of change happening in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. We're going to see that this coming season because it's getting hairy. And then also in that division with the Arizona Cardinals, really seem like they're tailing off. It's going to get pretty hairy. So it's going to be exciting. Playoff football is coming. Uh, we get to we have to wait another extra week this season because they added that that 18th now week, so it's gonna be that much further. Uh, but it's getting dicey, definitely getting dicey out there. Uh, Mike Tackett joins the house with us tonight. He's in the house. He says, "Merry Christmas, guys. Sorry I couldn't Hi. co-host tonight. Yeah, no problem. I sent him a message, Joe. You were in that too. Uh, try to get him on too. That would have been cool. He said short week uh, on the holiday." He goes, I'd love to be on with you both, maybe perhaps a playoff or Super Bowl episode. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, um, uh, yeah, maybe maybe even we just take a little trip to Florida a little bit. I think if airline tickets are still cheap to go down there. Maybe we do a live on location, do a playoff, uh, you know, show in Florida, sunny Florida. How about that? That would be fun. All right, here we go. And uh, he's got his picks right there. I'm marking them down. He went. Uh, last week, eleven and five looked pretty good. Uh, we went, um, I think, twelve and four. Uh, we ended up going. Yeah, he did very good too. We did. I ch- switched a couple picks again because of the way these backups were coming in and COVID list. They all of a sudden people dropping on there. But Joe ended up and I. We had the same picks again throughout all the ones I had different. That's what happened with the quarterback. So I ended up swapping them out uh, last minute. So we both did pretty well again, and it's still tight. It's still a great uh, uh, matchup. But we'll get that to, to that later on. Uh, Galore Fanato is in the house with us tonight. <laughs> He says, go Cowboys. How about that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe says, what's up? Um, but the Cowboys last what's week, up? yeah, it, that's what's funny, too. I'm like, And I understand it. You want to be excited after you win a game. I get it. Every game is exciting, no matter who you're playing. But, again, you hear the fans come out or even the Cowboys, so like, wow, yeah, we won that game. Woo. It's like, dude, you beat Mike Glennon and, like, uh, uh, you got to see Fromm even too in that game. So Giants have already just you know said let's just see what Fromm has. Let's just throw him out there the rest of the season. You know they already shut down Daniel Jones and 
And we'll get Sterling Shepard comes back for two weeks and he's done again, just like that. And and, and you and I have talked about it. We've talked about um, you know Sterling Shepard with some people that are fans of Sterling Shepard, where I didn't exactly call him a bust. I wasn't a big fan of all people getting down on me because I was just saying he sucks or whatever. But it was mainly because if you're not out there, you're not helping me at all. And he was forever injured, and he does it again this season, where it looked like in the beginning he could have had his breakout season finally, like, oh, his best season of his career. And again, same old song and dance for Sterling Shepard. But Galore says, he says, what's up, Joe? He says, not our offense. Uh, uh, no, our offense sucked. I watched it live. Our defense, balling, that's all. And exactly, that's the thing. Your defense is getting you by because, yeah, for some reason, your offense can't really get it going. And, and that's what I mean. Uh, so against a Giants team, you guys should have probably really stomped them like you did like the first time, like really put your authority out there and get it done. Instead, your defense ended up helping you guys out a lot. Yeah, and you're seeing and you're seeing that from the Cowboys right now. The Cowboys defense is really starting to come together. You know, now that they got Demarcus Lawrence back, they got Randy Gregory back, they got mm -hmm. um listen, what what did we say about Micah Parsons? You put that guy on D end, he's going to wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. Let this let him loose. Unleash the beast. Mm -hmm. Let him play D end because if you got Lawrence on one side and then you can have Micah Parsons. And then even rotate, like have Randy Gregory come in for Parsons and then rush Parsons off the edge at linebacker. Like you should let this guy go after quarterbacks every single snap because he just gets results. He's got like, I think what, like 12 sacks right now as a rookie. Like this yeah. guy is amazing. Mm -hmm. He's a great pass rusher. Let him live, bro. Let Put him on the D-line mm -hmm. and let him get after some people because this Cowboys defense, now listen, Trayvon Diggs, as much praise as he's gotten, he's been very opportunistic. Mm -hmm. And obviously, a lot of that came from pass rush. Mm -hmm. So if you let Parsons and Lawrence go and you bring in Gregory and you you mix up, mix up some blitz packages with those guys, mm -hmm. and teams are not going to have a whole lot of time to get rid of the ball. So that, in turn, is going to help your secondary and your linebackers. So uh, if they continue to do that, that that defense is going to become one of those really really good defenses, top ten defenses. So, but they got to stay on that path. If they don't, and they go back to what they were doing earlier in the year, they're they're going to struggle a little bit. So, mm -hmm. um, again, the Cowboys' offense has to get back to normal. They just have to get back to what was working: run the ball, play action. Get the, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. Don't make it too complicated. Michael Gallup is, is a good player, mm -hmm. too. I mean, Amy Schultz, the tight end, they have all the weapons. They just now have to get the ball to them and let them make plays. Mm -hmm. So just get back to basics, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you here. Uh, Glor says agreed. He says, uh, would have never thought that he'd be a stud like this when you talk about Trayvon Diggs. And uh, I, I give it the credit that he has been a ball hawk. He's always watching uh, the quarterback to try and figure out where it is. But again, that's kind of got him uh, burned and beat in man coverage. 
Um, but when you said opportunistic, yeah, absolutely, especially an underthrown ball and this interception he had this past week. I mean, that's easy enough for him to come out, even though it got punched out at the end. They still gave him credit for the interception. Uh, but what, what Galore's getting yeah. at is last year, I think he only had like four interceptions throughout the season, uh, but he didn't play like even a, a full season like he did uh, so far this season. Uh, so let's hope for them that is something right. for them, you know, something uh, nice to have because, again, that a corner has been up for a little bit a weakness for those guys. Uh, he says, I blame Tyron Smith. Uh, man, when he, uh, he when he's out, Dak plays uh, scary. And that's what I brought up what, a couple of weeks ago when, when you see there's a difference when he's not in there. Um, but even when he's been back, Dak still is not looking so good even there at this point. But I, I wouldn't even say it's all even his issue last week. Because even we saw some rare drops from from uh, C.D. Lamb last week too, as well when they were just like wide open. Um, so altogether, I think that offense is just kind of I don't know what it is. It seems just lethargic. I guess is the way to kind of guess it with me. You know, uh, we've always looked at them as maybe they should revolve around Zeke, get into play action, and then get it to their weapons. Now it seems like they they give it to Tony Pollard. They'll give it to Zeke a little bit, and then Dax out there in shotgun. And and I don't know, you know, this but this last couple of weeks, they really haven't been able to lock in and put up touchdowns instead of settling for a lot of field goals. And here's the thing, too, is it doesn't look well for Kellen Moore either, because his name has been brought up as possibly a head coaching candidate for next season for some team. Uh, but your offense, if it's struggling, even with its starters, that's got to be a little concerning, too. So it's not that complicated. Football's not a complicated game. Mm. Go back to the basics, what was working before, especially when you got a guy like Tony Pollard, who, to be honest with you, is the better back in Dallas. He's the guy that you need to feed. He's the guy that you need to be more involved in the offense, whether it be receiving or handing the ball off. It seems like he has that added spark uh, that the Cowboys are desperately needing right on the offensive side of the ball. And I just think that, you know, now that the team is back together again, like you got you got all these guys back healthy. You know, obviously Tyron Smith is – listen, we talked about him briefly too. Uh, this is a guy that is at the end, tail end of his career. He's getting injured a lot more often, and he's really not that premier left tackle like he once was. So even if he is back and playing at tackle, it might be a psychological thing for Dak Prescott to be like, oh, well, now that Tyron Smith is there, oh, I'm good. But realistically, he's not all that anymore. So, and this is the, the position group that the Cowboys have kind of overlooked now, which is very uncommon for this organization. They've always had a big, tough, physical type of offensive line. Mm -hmm. And now you're starting to see, like, now they got all the weapons on the outside. They got the quarterback. They got the running backs. But this whole line has been neglected far too long. And you're starting to see remnants of that now for this offense. So obviously they can't correct it right now, but that's something that they def definitely need to look forward to in the offseason. All right, yeah. Uh, Galore says, agree. Love the show. I will be a daily viewer from now on. Happy holidays, fellas. My man. Yeah, my man. I love it. Thank you. No problem. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Galore. Thank you uh, for, for chiming in with us tonight. And again, we can talk about these conversations all the time. You're a Cowboys fan. I'm a Giants fan. We were civil. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Joe, talk about having fun. <laughs> it is our holiday show again, and it would not be the holiday Christmas show without our segment, 
naughty or nice and we even did this when if we first did it the first season that we jumped onto this whole thing uh we we went over like teams all teams like whether they're naughty or nice and stuff like that but since uh we've been doing it we've narrowed it down and did some other things now we have an actual list like a naughty list and then there's a nice list and then we put players on there so Let's take a look at the first one here. Let's look at the naughty list. Let's see who's naughty first, you know, and then we'll see, give it, give it props to the nice guys. But all right, looking at the naughty list I have here, Russell Wilson right there. There he is. He pops up again. He is going to be on my naughty list again, just because uh, um, this season, only 16 touchdowns, five interceptions for a rate of 99, which is his lowest since 2017. And despite, even only playing 11 games, so I understand that because of the finger injury. Um, also, he's not really getting uh, pressured like he he was in previous seasons. We've seen like like what was it probably the last eight seasons where he's had 40 plus sacks, and right now he's only at like 20 29 somewhere around there. So still getting pressure, but even not as much as he's used to seeing. Uh, but looking kind of like banged up a little bit like man i'm kind of tired of this is he already checked out from from uh, seattle or what i think he has honestly and i think it's going to depend like here's it here's it here's the thing is bottom line i don't think Pete carroll gets along with russell wilson i just don't that's just some kind of a hunch i have i think that's the reason why you see Pete carroll pointing the finger at russell wilson and be like well you gotta do better you, you mean to tell me one player, I understand quarterback is the most important position in football, but you mean to tell me you're going to point the finger at Russell Wilson, who already runs this whole offense, who already is the backbone of the offense, and you're trying to point your finger at the captain of the team and basically say, well, you got to do better. Not everybody else, but it's, it's all on you. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely ridiculous. So I think with that kind of added pressure to Russell Wilson, I think in his his already almost requested a trade last year. And now he waited to see what they would do. Really all they did was ended up trading for one offensive lineman, maybe signed an offensive lineman to try to help that, that, that grouping there and to help protect Russell Wilson, but that's not enough. So for Russell Wilson to sit there and be like, okay, listen, I'll play this season out. Let's see what happens in the off season. If they make a dramatic turnaround and really put some strong emphasis on uh, establishing a really good offensive line in front of him, then maybe he can, maybe he'll come back. But here's the other thing too, is I think Pete Carroll, I think it's his time. His time's up. I I feel like Russell Wilson is going to kind of maybe play that card, be like, it's either Pete or me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm a Seattle Seahawks organization, I'm easily choosing Russell Wilson over Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Pete Carroll has always been that player's coach. Uh, he's kind of, ri- ri- you know, rode that wave of all that talent that was already there. And I, I, I just think that Russell Wilson is maybe quite possibly ready to leave Seattle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We've seen it before to where he, he left it out there. Yo, here's my number. Talk to me whenever you want, but there it is. And then, they ended up getting that late night deal. You saw it when he's there with Sierra and has the weird, awkward video like, what's up, Seattle? We're good. You know, oh, I'm still here. But 
uh, they're not so good anymore and things. And, and like you said, Pete Carroll, he's is he the oldest? I know he's one of the oldest uh, coaches in the NFL right now. So that has something to, to say for it too as well when you have to make a decision. Do I want to keep this guy to where he could be just be done pretty soon too? I mean, you know, I'm sure he's going to keep trying as long as he could. But if you're one of the oldest coaches, sometimes health even takes over and you just got to uh, walk away. Uh, to where you have a franchise yeah. quarterback in your ranks right now. You were able to win a Super Bowl with him almost too. And for him to walk away, I think would be crazy. And here's the other thing too about Seattle is everybody wants to point the finger at Russell Wilson, like Pete Carroll, it has been, mm-hmm. but where's the running backs? Where's the running game? It's been gone since Chris Carson got injured. Mm-hmm. That, that there has been no running game. Mm-hmm. Alex Collins He's a decent running back, but he's not Car- Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anybody they've put in there to, to kind of hopefully take over and, and be that back hasn't been the guy. They're just kind of they ha- they're forced to. Uh, so I feel like without having Chris Carson, that's another big impact type of because they're a running offense. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're running game isn't successful, nine times out of ten they do tend to struggle a little bit. I mean, and without without Chris Carson there. Uh, you see a little bit of that. You see because they're not able to run the ball like they once were. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they have a bad influx of running backs, but what I am saying is that Chris Carson is that kind of dude that can make plays happen. He breaks tackles. Mm-hmm. He gets that extra added yardage uh, for that offense. So uh, I, th- I feel like losing him might have played a bigger part than people actually realize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, we're doing our naughty list right now. Uh, we talked on, on Russell Wilson a little bit here, but now next on my naughty list, it's Trevor Lawrence. I've got Trevor Lawrence out there, and I understand he's a he's a, a rookie and stuff, but when you are – and this is the thing. This is what I, I think is kind of funny too because we talk about how much media loves certain people and not only that they have to talk them up all the time, but maybe even avoid talking about them poorly when they maybe they should. How many other times have you seen number one overall draft picks, uh, Jameis Winston, um, a few others, uh, Marcus Russell, uh, you know, not look very good their first season and get bashed by the media? I really don't hear any bashing on Trevor Lawrence. And right now he's got nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Uh, 29,000, uh, 2,900 yards, 58% completion percentage and a rate of 69.3. I understand they are lacking some of the weapons that they had started the season with a little bit, but they still have James Robinson there. They should have kept that going. And, uh, it's Trevor Lawrence. If you're supposed to be the number one overall pick, you kind of got to show me something. And there've been a few mistakes that he has made this season to where I'm not saying he's going to be horrible. I'm not saying he's a boss, but right now. He's on my naughty list. <laughs> well, actually, Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't even put him on any list uh, because not only is he in his rookie year, but he's got a lot of learning to do. And we kind of seen that when he was with Clemson. Uh, um, yeah, he had the strong arm. He's got the size. He's, he's got mobility. He's got everything you want in terms of intangibles for a quarterback. But honestly – we have to wait this one out for an, at least another couple of years before we start criticizing them. Mm-hmm. You just made the list. You just made the list. All right. So next up on my naughty list 
it is Robbie Anderson. And it's funny, looking back at this list, uh, I looked at last season's, and he was on our nice list. So now this year, and uh, he makes the naughty list. A big switcheroo just like that. And again, I understand there's a lot to talk about with why maybe these guys are just having a downturn. You see what's going on in with Carolina. Uh, you know, Cam Newton, they've kind of bring him back. He's back for like a couple quarters, and then now he's not even there. Uh, and now they're forced to put P.J. Walker in and things like that. Sam Darnold started off the season, looked like – uh, they were going to make that connection, and we kind of hoped that maybe that was going to happen with them. These guys reunited. Uh, Sam Darnold, a different, uh, you know, uh, franchise. Maybe get a new clean slate. Uh, Robbie Anderson last year again. He had what was it? Uh, like so, uh, here we go. 2020. He had um, 85 uh, receptions or 95 receptions for 1,096 yards. Uh, his breakout year kind of here looking good under Teddy Bridgewater right there so now he comes into this season and only 39 receptions 401 yards and four touchdowns and his catching percentage is only 43.8 percent a very huge margin margin a drop off from what last year was and again some of it, obviously, obviously is because of quarterbacks, the lack of having one there. But even when Darnold was there even a little bit, still not connecting in those last couple of weeks when Darnold was still healthy, kind of tailing off from when he started off in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, for for Robbie Anderson, I mean, it's kind of like been a bad pipe dream for him. Uh he, you know, excels one season and then, you know, they get a different quarterback and then it's all of a sudden, you know, it's just not, not there. But a lot of that too is confidence that quarterbacks have certain, certain quarterbacks have more confidence in, in certain receivers. And with Teddy Bridgewater, that, that confidence was Robbie Anderson. And that was Sam Darnold. I saw Sam Darnold throw a heck of a lot to DJ Moore. Uh, so maybe that was his, you know, go-to guy, you know, in that offense. So, Maybe that's for the reason why he, he's not getting as many catches or whatever. And then, I mean, it plays a huge part, too, is maybe down the stretch, things would have been different if Sam Darnold could have stayed healthy. Uh, but now that you got Cam Newton and you got P.J. Walker, um, it, it, there's really like the, the offense is stagnant at, at this point. So that that passing game is altogether gone away. Um And then also the, a little bit of a positive news for Carolina is that uh, Sam Darnold looks like he will be coming back. Uh, they Apparently they said that he's healthy enough to play this week, but they've already made the decision to maybe wait another week with Darnold, and it sounds like they're going to start Cam Newton once again. Cam Newton. And, probably bench, and, and most likely probably bench Cam Newton once again and then start Darnold. <laughs> After like a half or so, we'll see. Um yeah, so, I mean, yeah. there you go. And, again, I'm, I'm making this list. It's tough to, for me to put people on naughty lists because, again, with the way the season has been, injuries, COVID, uh, switching uh, yeah. of personnel. Yeah. So, it's tough. So, I mean, yeah. but I thought there were actually, yeah. like, topics to, to, to touch off of, too, and look, taking a look at them. I mean, Will Lutz, I think, was my top of my naughty list last season uh, just because he had such a poor season where he was <laughs> usually locked in. Uh, so, without – adding any other like major kickers i'm gonna add a kicker to this one here you go and it is jason myers i almost put mason crosby on this because you remember even this this oh. season he had that one game 
that he just get going back and forth like they did not want to win the game at all. He's gone uh, 20, uh, 20 out of 29 on field goals, so it's like a rough 68%. Uh, but then also he was still locked in like 90, 98%, I think, or so on, uh, on uh, extra points. So then I started looking at Jason Myers here. And Jason Myers, if you look at him uh, this season right now, he his field goal percentage is um, 70%. So he's ticked down from what last season he was 100% on field goals. Year before that, 82, then 91. He's pretty a solid kicker. And this is the funny thing, too, is, Joe, we get kickers like this. All of our guys on our fantasy team this year failed us miserably. At, like They had the epic epic proportions of terribleness whether it be just not playing well not being in uh injured whatever this is another you know one of them and um so going a guy who's pretty much locked in going to 70 percent in field goals and then still only uh 60 on extra points really doing poorly on extra points even and that is pitiful for a kicker that's your job and extra points, yes, they move the ball back a little bit here, but not very much. They're chip shots. What the hell are you doing, Jason Myers? All right. So next, another guy who might surprise you that's on the list here. It is not a kicker, but it is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, again, not uh, looking very good this season. Again, he's had issues as of late. Um I think he's 500 uh, per, right here, like 50% on interceptions to touchdown ratios. So you see what kind of uh, things that's happening here for them. And a guy to where they looked at him and they said, you know what, he's been playing so well. I'm like, maybe he just fits the system. Uh, let's give him that extra money and let's lock him in. You know, he can take us to the promised land as long as we have our running game with Derrick Henry too and we can get it going. But since they haven't had Derrick Henry – uh, they were able to skate by early on, but as of late, he's just not playing well, and he's been turning the ball over a lot and um, really kind of hindering their chances to move forward in hopes that they do make the playoffs and able to get Derrick Henry back late in the season. Yeah, and that's the thing with Tannehill. He's, he's one of those quarterbacks that he just needs everybody there, mm -hmm. and, and you see that when he's struggling. You know, them not having Julio Jones, them not having A.J. Brown, it really forced him to try to, like, find somebody. And when when the team isn't healthy for him, when the, when he doesn't have those go-to weapons around him, you, you definitely can see him struggling. He's not one of those quarterbacks that can just make something happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the thing. And, so, and I'm not saying these guys, you know, terrible seasons, even all what they're having. I'm just saying right now, Christmas time, I got to judge you right now. You're on my naughty list. No, just not right now. You're not looking very good. He could turn it around still. He's got three more weeks and to where they can make that playoff push. Now, my final player on this one, I have one more, per, two other people, but this is my final player that's on the naughty list. And again, hasn't played of recently. It's just because uh, he has been so naughty. You just made the list. And it is Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, this guy is so naughty that, again, he had to go through another player to get some kind of fake 
uh, vaccination card and stuff like that to try and fool the NFL on that. We've seen them get in trouble off the field plenty of times, even on the field. This is the head case. Not sure what's going on with, with, with his mentality. Um, still not being able to be there for the team because you're, you're sheer stupidity. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, stubbornness. But now when Tom Brady needs you the most, buddy, you're not there, and I know he's going to be coming back soon for them, so that's a positive, but he could have used you last game. Antonio Brown, naughty, naughty, naughty. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Antonio Brown not being available for his team because the guy just made – he's a knucklehead. He just makes bad decisions all the time, uh, on and off the field. So, uh, and, and that's why, you know, they are – he is where he is. So, um yeah, okay, he's going to come back. He, he's going to definitely help. But you know what? Uh, Tom Brady really likes Scotty Miller right now. Uh, and he's a he's a receiver that's kind of, you know, starting to take over now that there's injuries to Godwin and, and Mike Evans. So um, watch out for him going down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And finally, on the naughty list, Joe, it is Urban Meyer. He's got to be. He's got to be. He's on the naughty list. Yeah, absolutely. There it is. Urban Meyer. Again, I've been against this guy since the beginning of the season, and it is glorious now that he is one of the coaches that has fired before the end of his first season. He, everybody was starting to put bets on this. You know, how long was he going to make it? Was it going to be a one and done? Could it be during the season? And uh, we see it now already. There it is. They let it. They pulled the trigger, and they, they didn't even said, yo, we'll give you the rest of your money for the rest of the season, too. Just get the hell out and get away from our, our team. Get away from our kicker. Stop kicking the, our kicker. Uh, the stories, the lap dancing, uh, just everything possibly wrong with th this guy and his team. Um, even for the the back, I think the um, the fill-in head coach now, he even says, he's like, yeah, we've got James Robinson back there, and now we're going to utilize him. We have him there. So it almost seemed like it was like a knock even on Urban Meyer, like saying, dude, we've had him here. I've been trying to tell him. He just don't want to do it, and I don't know, but uh, – Urban Meyer, naughty list all day long. All right. So, Joe, what do you think about that naughty list? Do you like that's it more? What's that? Yeah, it's a perfect it's perfect to finish that out. Yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer is definitely the guy that had to be the, the last guy on that list. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we're going to get to our naughty list, but right or our a nice list here. But right before we do, I want to talk about somebody that's also should be on our nice list. It's Mohawk Honda. They were just doing the 12 days of giving. Joe, they picked 12 different charities to give $5,000 to each. $60,000 this Christmas season, holiday season that they donated, Joe. It's awesome. These guys not only do their best to put you in the car that you want, the car that you deserve, the car that you can even afford to make the payments, everything about it. Uh, Mohawk Honda, it's a, they're good people too. Uh, stop in, say hi to Greg Johnson, the assistant ge uh, general manager. You got hot Jake Hot Sauce Doyle there too, the VIP man. They're selling cars. I, I follow them on the Facebook pages. They're posting pictures nonstop with their uh, new uh, people that own car the, the Hondas and stuff like that. It is a whole family business. They're sharing it with all of you out there and enjoying uh, the moment. You know, you getting your new car, it's like adding a new family member to their family. They've been doing it for a long time. If you haven't yet, check them out, MohawkHonda.com. They have acreage and acreage of, of um, cars out there, not even just Hondas, but other makes and models. 
And right now they're still doing the KBB ICO, which is instant cash offer, cut you a check right on the spot. Whatever Kelly Blue Book says your car's worth, they're going to give it to you right there on a trade-in. Maybe get a new vehicle after that or just take the cash and walk away. Uh, but the one thing also I just want to bring up before we get into this thing too, I checked out their website. You know what? I scheduled an oil change via the internet there and use their website and you could choose the tech that you want to do it what day you want to do it what time everything and they'll even go and like you could drop your car off and they'll taxi you out of there you don't even need to like say oh dude i need a ride i need to drop my car off and get it done get it serviced uh can you come pick me up no they'll give you cars concierge service Dude, it is like working right there with like a, a, a limousine uh, pro program that's going to fix your car. It's amazing. So go to check them out, wahakonda.com, uh, where they go out of their way to please you. Or check them out on uh, Freeman's Bridge Road right there, too. Go see them out. All right, we've got uh, no Donnie's in the house here with us tonight. He goes, I'm a Cardinals fan. A little nervous right there. Um, yeah, we remembered uh, no Donnie right there. Uh you are a Cardinals fan, and we've been praising you, too. They've kind of looked like the team that we thought they were, uh, but now everybody's starting to throw shade on them and say, well, okay, now now the glamour has run off. You know, maybe now they're coming back down to earth. Uh, not sure what it is, but it seems like some of the teams maybe, again, have found a way to kind of keep uh, Kyler Murray in check maybe, keep him out um, of getting out of the pocket and make some plays out of there because you see him – He's one of those best uh, type of players that when he gets out on a bootleg and gets into open space, he can make some nice throws on the run and trying to keep him contained and not get him out and get some of those breakthrough runs to where the, the pocket's mushy. He can't find those lanes to escape, so he's forced to try and throw out of that pocket, and he's made some mistakes. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, Kyler, Kyler Murray, uh, the, the thing with him is I, I feel like they're going to smooth things out, like, they're going to figure some things out now that they don't have Hopkins right now. They're going to definitely figure some things out, like who, who they should utilize more and, and, and come up with a, a few different plays that, that have been working in the past. So I don't really have a huge concern uh, about the Cardinals. Yeah, they've had a couple of speed bumps, but I, I feel like they'll get it back on track. Yeah, I feel the same way. That's why, I mean, I looked at Kyler Murray and in some of the players too. Where they, would they make my naughty list? But no, they're, they're still good. Excuse me, uh, just like you, I'm not really that worried about it here. So, uh, other guys I'm not worried about, it's my nice list, Joe. Uh, this should be interesting. I know there's a lot of people I probably left off this list. It's tough because there's some good players out there. So, And some I might be biased against, so Cowboys fans don't get mad at me. So, <laughs> I'm going to rock and roll. Here we go. I got about 10 of them here, so let's go. Uh, number 10 or so, we got Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey makes my list. You know why? Because... He's got 83 receptions for 1,066 yards, first of all tight ends, seven touchdowns, and now that's six consecutive years of 1,000-plus yards for a tight end. This guy straight out balls it out, even though this early on in the season, this offense did not look very good. Spitting, spitting and sputtering, he was getting uh, – you know, get locked down a little bit with some physicality by some of the corners and some of the linebackers that match up on him. But through it all, he is the lockdown guy for them and the go-to guy for tra Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey still getting it done. Yeah, and he's always been that guy, that go-to guy for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he's always the safety blanket from for Patrick Mahomes. He feeds the ball to him so often every single game that it's hard for him not to just pad these stats. So. I mean, Kelsey, 
great athlete, great tight end, and he he's definitely deserving to be on this list. Absolutely. And I forgot to know he has one rushing touchdown this year too as well. They've thrown him out there in the Wildcat, get it done in a goal line. He's got a, a rushing touchdown as well. So he just does it all in all phases here for them. Um, next up, uh, I have Robert Quinn. How about Robert Quinn making the, the, the list here? And that could be maybe a surprise for some people because uh, he's having his best year since 2013 right now, Joe. Besides that, not mustering a whole lot up here for the you know uh on the sacks location but seems like he's found a niche this season and now he's second overall in sacks and he's got 16 and four forced fumbles so he's straight balling uh for a guy that really again has kind of tailed off the last couple seasons and now really put on a show this year so he's on my nice list yeah yeah and and good for robert quinn to finally get you know get back on track there uh, unfortunately, the Bears aren't going anywhere, so it's going unnoticed. Yeah, yeah, so that's a thing, though, too. Depending on yeah, what team, and that could be why you don't see a lot of noise being made about them, you know? We see that yeah, definitely. a lot. So, all right, next yep. up, on my nice list, I've got Matthew Stafford here is on my nice list. He's making it nice. He gets to get away from that harsh cold in Detroit and go to nice, sunny Los Angeles there he is. And again, a couple of skittish weeks um, where he had a couple of pick sixes. It looked kind of rough. We were kind of questioning what's going on. He's getting pressured, you know, that offensive line, not really locking it in for him. But still, despite it all, this season, he's still straight balling again. He's got a 67.6 completion percentage, 4,142 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 10 INTs. So despite those two weeks of straight back-to-back -back, like pick sixes, multiples, uh, still only 10 interceptions and a QB rating of 108.2, that puts him second in the league right now. And like I said, showing them what why they went to get them why they went to get him they said move on from Derek, jared goff and why they went to get matthew stafford and he's showing you what he can do and why they he, they were so important to get there yeah and we already knew that stafford was a baller himself like even when he was in detroit he made some unbelievable comebacks for D the detroit lions uh, you know and he's just just a war an absolute warrior out there on the football field so guy that can make all the throws super strong arm you know what I mean? And that's why the Rams were really believing that, like, you know what? If we are able to acquire this guy, this guy could put us over the top and, and bring us to the promised land. So mm -hmm. that remains to be seen, but it's looking good so far. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the one thing I would have to say, it seems like he loves Cooper Cup a little too much to where he's almost just nonstop, like, yeah, I'm breaking it out. I'm just going to throw it to this guy every single time. Because that touchdown he had where he needled it right in there, I mean, I think he still had the wheel route on the outside that could have been an easy touchdown still, too, but decided to go for threading the needle between those defenders. But how sweet it is to have a guy like Cooper Cup right there and then lock it in. Yeah, Cooper Cup is having like an MVP type of uh, season. I mean, he's been absolutely amazing Rams. And he's a guy that is always open. So uh, runs great routes, catches everything, and definitely a favorite of Stafford's. Really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And so next up on my nice list, I've got TJ Watt. Again, despite being banged up and even missing some time, uh, playing last game uh, and still making a difference, even though it looked like he injured his ribs pretty good there. He was even taking some deep breaths. 
being a major factor in leading the NFL right now in sacks at 17 and a half. That'll put him at first, and he's got three fumble recoveries, two consecutive years of 15 and over sacks. I mean, this guy has over, I think, shadowed his brother now by now. You know, when you look at J.J. Watt and you see when you say J.J. Watt to anybody right now, you just think injuries. Yeah, great player, great guy in the motivator in the locker room, but just injured all the time. T.J. Watt, he's yeah. getting down numbers nonstop every week, just a straight-out ball hawk. And uh, one of the main key factors for that that Pittsburgh uh, defense and really in how they're getting some of these wins. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, now J.J. has now passed the torch, we can say, to his brother T.J. Uh, to take over the, you know, the sack leader. So uh, T.J. Watt, great player. Uh, he He's kind of, like – like he he's a big name in the NFL, but at the same time, I just don't feel like he gets enough recognition. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's because he's with the Steelers and they're not in the limelight just yet or something like that. But it's like people talk about him, but not as much as they did his brother. You know, when when his brother was up and coming and one of those like elite pass rushers. So I don't know if maybe over time they're gonna start talking about him more, but um, but he's definitely deserving of any recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's straight balling right now, getting it done. You know, I think he was on our list last year, too, as well. And that's what I mean. A guy that just still produces, even though, again, had some bumps and bruises, but he's still able to get back out there and, and make a difference. Uh, no really season ending type of deals here. All right. Next up on my list, it is Aaron Rodgers. There he is. Aaron Rodgers. Again, this guy constantly makes my night, my nice list, even though there's a lot of haters out there for Aaron Rodgers. And despite having um, that first week, it looked really horrible for them and, and not looking so hot. Uh, but getting it done, getting it out there, and this guy is uh, still his his uh, QBR is the the top in the league for his career again, a hundred four point something. And this season right now, sixty seven point eight percent completion percentage, thirty four hundred yards passing. And this is what I mean. It's about not making mistakes, not turning the ball over. 30 touchdowns, four interceptions for a rate of 110.4. And he has three rushing touchdowns on top of it as well. Even though he looks like he's about 50 years old with the long hair and the old gray in the beard, uh, the old man's getting it done even despite we're not sure what's going on with that toe. I mean, is, are they going to have to amputate that pretty soon? Because uh, – He's still saying avoiding surgery, still out there and making it work and even making not even stepping all the way into his throws and getting the ability to get that ball out there and on pinpoint accuracy and targeted targeting um, just lights out again. Aaron Rodgers, you, you, you can't say anything bad about the guy. Now the guy and you, and you say old man, but you see he's only thirty seven years old compared yeah, I to know. Like Tom just, that's Brady. That's why I'm sorry. It's funny because he just looks yeah. like he's fifty, right? But he's not. So, Right. Right. So the, the thing with him is like, he, he's just amazing. Like it, it's just that simple. Like he's probably one of the most amazing fo uh, qu quarterbacks in the NFL that I have ever seen in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, been, there's been some great ones, but like Rogers for, for whatever reason, like this guy doesn't have to throw on a traditional platform. This guy can throw any kind of arm angle. This guy can make every single throw. And honestly, 
he makes throws sometimes that are not supposed to happen. Like he just, it's almost like he's standing over the receiver and just drops it, drops it in. That's how good of a quarterback he is. He's absolutely phenomenal. Definitely deserves to be on this list. Uh, and if I had an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers, which a lot of teams may get that opportunity at the end of the year, I would take it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and talking about uh, making a team and, and grabbing a guy, uh, a guy that started to jump on the scene a little bit last season, but now is shown full board what he can do now with uh, Stefan Diggs definitely not being there with them. And I'm talking about Justin, uh, 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 Justin Jefferson right here for the Minnesota Vikings. Straight balling again. Last season, he uh, ended up having uh, 88 receptions for 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns, and that looked very good. Now you look at him this season with three games yet left to play, and he's going to eclipse that. Yeah. He's going to eclipse that because he's got 89 receptions right now and 1,335 yards and nine touchdowns, so one more touchdown. You see him doing the gritty dance in every single time he scores. Uh, again, a nice blanket for Kirk Cousins to go to to get now that Adam Thielen's even been injured out there. Uh, Justin Jefferson, straight balling out there for Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's on the nice list. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justin Jefferson was amazing last year, and last year was his rookie year. So mm -hmm. for him to come out that strong his That's rookie strong. year and mm -hmm. – and now, and now you come back this year and you're showing the same kind of thing and, and you're going to have better numbers this year. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. It might end up being a record of some sort, like mm -hmm. for a receiver to come in as a rookie to put up those kinds of numbers and do it consecutively the second season. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. The guy is amazing. And what a shame it was for that guy to slip down the first round. Mm -hmm. Don't know how it happened. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure if he keeps doing the numbers like this, he's going to get paid. And now I think people are finally st uh, taking notice uh, that he's a top wide receiver in this league if they didn't know before. I don't know how you didn't think yeah, before know. anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the craziest thing? And that's why, that's why this game is so awesome. That's why the draft is awesome because when you think you know players – and then the teams take a guy, take a chance on a guy a little bit later on. Some of these players make these other teams pay big time. Mm -hmm. uh, and Justin Jefferson is no different. Right. And when you fall to a team that really was just outside of the playoffs and, and, and looked like they might be creeping on their back end out, being able to get a guy like that to fall to them and they grab them and they just retool and get right back into it and they're not going anywhere. I mean, they're still making a push uh, for the playoffs, and to be able to have this type of caliber player for them is very big for, especially Kirk Cousin, Kirk Cousins' uh, yes. ability to stay with the team because they were paying him big money and and being able for him to, to get big numbers and, and be relative for them and not move on for him. So it's good for his career as well. All right, so moving on next here, we got two more Absolutely. players, and. Uh, it's no other than Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's right there. He is the the trifecta right now. He is leading the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns receiving. So he's got 122 receptions, uh, 1,625 yards, and 14 touchdowns right now. Straight balling out. Yes, he has been made the main target for Matthew Stafford to where I, I, I see, and I'm like, 
how are guys not just double teaming this guy nonstop? You see him creep into in between zones, and he's still just able to get wide open. And and, and Matthew Stafford still feeding it to him. And uh, it's so sickening that if you look at the stat here, he gets on his yards per game, 116.2 yards per game. So he's averaging 116 every game right now. There's a lot of receivers out there would just beg for that right now. Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup is just an unreal player. Like, he's really developed into uh, somebody special for the Rams. And coming out of a, a little bit kind of a, a smaller Division One school, um, a lot of people that had, had, you know, doubts about him. But, man, has he answered all the call to, to becoming that, that legit receiver. So uh, kudos to Cooper Cup. Kudos for the Rams taking a shot on him, and it's really paid off. Really nice. Yep, absolutely. And that leads me to my last player on the nice list. It is none other than Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, again, who's been the workhorse for the um, Indianapolis Colts. We saw what he just did even to the Patriots this last week. I thought the Patriots had an opportunity to win that game. Uh, and the yeah. Colts just punched him in the mouth, whether it even be that defense uh, <laughs> that they had. But then also just Jonathan Taylor, they could not shut him down. And when I always talk about like a Bill Belichick type team, what do they do? They try and take that first weapon away from you and then make you beat them some yeah. other way. Like you figured we got to shut down the run. And then Carson Wentz, we're going right. to pressure him, and he's going to make mistakes. Because even during this game, and even uh, he, though he, Carson Wentz has played fairly well, I might have even considered putting him on the Knights list, not really the reason why they're winning the games. You know what I mean? So he's kind of still being that uh, game manager for, for this team, and they're really riding uh, the shoulders of – Jonathan Taylor literally here, and now he's first in the NFL in yards, and that's 1,518 yards, and that's by – he's got a margin on second place, and that's Joe Mixon uh, by 500 right now. So the next freaking running back is 500 yards behind him, you know? if I think if Derrick Henry didn't get injured, Derrick Henry might be in this conversation too because of what he's doing. He's still up there in the top 10 in rushing, and he hasn't even played. Oh, oh, so Derrick Henry would have been in here, but Jonathan for sure. Taylor, I mean, and that's the thing too is, um, mm -hmm. go ahead. All right, uh, I'm just saying, and that's that the thing too is like this isn't a surprise. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> hey, we got a little bit of a delay, so it's kind of weird, but go ahead. That's the thing too is it's not a surprise to me or Jim about Jonathan Taylor because we were talking about him before the season even started. We're saying how this Colts offense is going to be going through Jonathan Taylor. So what, however successful Taylor is, is how successful this offense is going to be. And that we're just seeing it happen right before our eyes. Yep, absolutely. So there it is. He's got 17 touchdowns and two receiving uh, touchdowns too as well. The whole reason I think one of the major reasons why the Colts are really making a push right now for the playoffs and the way the, the Titans are playing, you know, Man, I mean, they're just giving the door wide open here for the Colts to really get back into this thing. Um, yep. So there you go. It is our um, nice, our naughty or nice for the uh, 2021 
holiday Christmas show, Joe. There it is. Another one in the books there for, for that. And it's always fun doing those lists. It yes. is tough sometimes because I'm just looking over sheets of stats and everything, but then kind of judging. Uh, there's a lot of guys that didn't make the list. And I'll just say a few right now. They're honorable mentions. I thought maybe – is there one right now? Let's just say – how about you just mention one and see if that's one of the guys I'm thinking. Anyone that you might have thought that would make that list that I did not put on there? Uh, I would say um, Max Crosby has Ooh. had a really good year. Mm. Um, he's a guy that kind of was nice. like didn't have such a great sophomore year, and it seems like everything's coming together for him this year. Uh, so, and it also helps having Yannick Ngakwe to to help him become a better D end uh, this season. So. That's one player that I would say. Obviously, it's like for my own team, but uh, Max Crosby's a name to to be known for sure. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I was thinking you're going to say Derek Carr because right now he's leading or he's second in overall yards uh, for for passers right now. But still, for me, he didn't have the touchdowns to interception ratio that I kind of like. Uh, but as far as even keeping that ship, trying to keep them afloat in his, his upbeat personality and trying to deflect anything that's going on with the organization, I give him kudos for that, though, as well. Um, but there's definitely Absolutely. a bunch of other people out there, too, that I might miss. Micah Parsons, I thought even though because he's a rookie, though, even he's been playing well still. I mean, yes, right. he, he could have made the yeah. list. And even Trayvon Diggs, I left off the list, which he's, again, uh, an epic uh, year for him with the 10 interceptions as opposed to the four that he had last year. But again, I've, I've watched those games. Some of them were, again, lame duck throws, dumb mistakes by other quarterbacks were kind of gimmies. Uh, so I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, you know, I, I get it. And he's a cowboy, so I can leave him off my list if I want to. So... <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. it is the holiday season. And again, a lot of people, you know, spending time with their family members and, and traveling and, and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You want to make your place look nice. If you haven't yet, go to my guys at Colorize. They are your paint professionals. They are your local Benjamin Moore dealer. They have three locations here in upstate New York, Niskayuna, Clifton Park, Queensbury. My man, Link, go check him out. They'll do color matches for you and stuff. If you want to get some home improvements done real quick, you know, maybe you got you know, a couple of things. Your fantasy team didn't make the playoffs. You just bashed your fist into the wall and busted it. You're like, gosh, shit, now I got to all of a sudden patch this up, get the color to paint, match my paint, and paint this up and fix this quick before everybody comes over, you know, and sees my terrible anger. Go check them out. They'll get the right paint that you need for you guys out there who's just a do-it-yourselfer, Joe Schmo, not sure what you're doing. Talk to them. They're the paint professionals, not even just in Bear, in uh, Benjamin Moore. They know uh, so much experience here. They can help you on everything out there of all phases, uh, from the do-it-yourselfer like you to the professional. Just go to mycolorize.com or check out one of their three locations right there uh, and talk to my guys there, and they will take care of you. All right, Joe, we're going to do something special uh, tonight, let's see how this thing goes. You know, there's going to be some definite production that I have to pull off here, but I hope it goes well. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go off topic yeah. here, you know, but it's Christmas and we're going to play a little Christmas quiz game to where we're going to um, check out some uh, this quiz that's on uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, I'm going to give credit out here to Quiz Fun Time. So check out their channel. Make sure you guys subscribe to these guys. Quiz Fun Time. They have a bunch of different quizzes here. But there is a holiday one um, that we are going to do. And um, we're going to try. It. What they do is they set up a, a photo or like a screenshot 
of the movie, and Joe and I are going to try and guess by the screenshot what the movie is. And they give you like 10 seconds. There's a, there's a ticker. I'm going to share my screen with you, Joe, so you can see it. And uh, so Joe might disappear for a little bit, everybody, but uh, he will still be here with us. So everybody that's watching too, play along with us. And everybody also on podcasts out there, the podcast world, Spotify, Apple Music, all that and stuff that you're hearing us. You don't have to just watch us live to do this. Play along with us here too, uh, even though we're, we're not watching the uh, – you can't watch the video. Go back and, and check it out because – um, I think at Spotify, also, we just got approved to do videos. Spotify will be doing videos now, so all you guys that are members on Spotify, you guys can check out our show via video now. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, but right now, Joe, you're on my screen still, so maybe that's gonna, not going to screw up for us right there. But here we go. Let's get into this. Everybody, like I said, play along, and uh, let's have uh, some fun with this. So here we go. Take your score. Joe, take your score down when we do this. All right, here's the quiz here. Here it is, the trivia. All right, it's going to be a lot of fun, just like they're saying here. Take down your score. We'll see who ends up with the higher score at the end of this one, right? Here, question one. Question one. You see it, Joe? All right, which see one it. is this? I want to say the Santa Claus right here. That looks like Tim Allen. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. Santa Claus. I don't know if it's one or two, but yeah. I'm going to say Santa Claus. All right, let's see. One second it is. Yeah, I'm going to say the same Santa thing. Santa Claus. There we go. All right, we got one right. Santa Claus. One right. Santa Claus. Okay, there we go. All right, question two, question two. Let's see what we got. All right. Which film is this from? Oh, that's a Polar Express for me, at least. I don't know. What do you oh, think? Polar Express. Yeah, you got it? Yeah, Polar Express. All right. Maybe you should I shout out my answers or should we wait till it could zero and then I'll say it quick before they do it? Or you want to count of three, do it. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. Question three, I have no idea what this is. Oh, I was going to say, all right, which film is this from? Oh. Before. What is it? The night before. The night before? Joe's got another one. Boom. Yep. I have never seen that. Is that a comedy? That looks like a comedy. Oh, wait, I think no, I have seen have, that. You have to watch that. I did see that movie. I just could you not. You have to watch it. it. Yes, yes. Uh, which film is this from? It looks like Cameron Diaz. Uh, I have no idea what the hell this know. is. Uh, man. The Holiday. You know, I don't watch romantic holiday movies. I don't know about you, Joe. I think there's one for Christmases, too. I've never seen it. I'm not into that type of deal. All right, what do we got? Which is this this one from? Uh, um, um, isn't that? Um, Christmas, Christmas on the 31st Street or something like that. Is it? A Miracle on 34th Street. Miracle I'll give it to you, Joe. You got it. I gave it to you. There you go. You were close enough. I am getting dominated Whatever. in this. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, that a Christmas dude, candle? Is that Scrooge? Scrooge? Christmas Carol? A Christmas yeah. Carol? I'll say that too. I guess a yeah, Christmas I Carol. So. Hey, all right, there we go. Yeah, because all right, all right, some kind of weird candle ghost visits them, I guess. All right, question seven. Question seven. Here we go, Joe. Uh, what the? Oh, that that is um that is uh, oh, uh Christmas, Christmas office Christmas party. Christmas party. Yeah. Yeah. Office Christmas party. I just yeah. saw that again last or a couple nights ago. That movie is great. It's a great movie. It is. It it's is. It's a great movie. It is spectacular. Eight. 
eight. Here we go. Which film is this? Uh oh, it has this guy in it. It's got to be a romantic movie or something like that. I don't know what this is. I don't know. I'm out. I don't know that one. Uh Love Actually. That, that doesn't even have a Christmas in it. Holy Santa Claus! Shit. No, it doesn't oh look. Gosh, I, don't I just don't know. Okay, I'm not Question sure nine. That one. Question nine. Elf, right? Oh. Is that, Elf. Is that, yeah, is definitely. That the side face of uh, Norman Rockwell. What's his name? Norm. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah, something like that. How <laughs> did I get Norman Rockwell? Will Ferrell. I knew it was something similar to that. <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh, what the hell is this? Uh, Frosty? Is this a remake of Frosty the Snowman? Three seconds. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, Claws. Oh, I should have known it had that weird boxy animation. All right, Claws. All right. Question yeah, 11. Question cool. 11. I'm getting close. Uh, a, a woman with a gun to her head at Christmas time. I don't know. I've never seen this. Is this Die Hard? Is this Die Hard? I've never seen any of the Die Hard movies, so don't yell at me for that. It is. Wow. That was that was a haymaker. Right I can't believe I made that one. That was a, just an easy guess. Oh, what the hell is that? Is that is that Doogie Hauser? I I don't know. I don't know what this one is. Harold and Kumar Christmas. They did a Christmas show too. A Christmas movie. Not that I, 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 I never saw that one. Yeah, huh? Man. All right. A woman looking up. A girl. A little girl. Uh, she's looking at Santa probably. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. I don't know. I don't know. Christmas Chronicles. I've never seen any of those either. I've heard they're good, but I've never seen them. I think they have three no. of those too, right? Oh, what is that? Is this is that Gremlins? Oh, Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. I I say Gremlins. Oh, it's could Gremlins. be that too. Yes. Yeah, because the Gremlins went and came, got out and they tied up the dog that happened during Christmas time. The Gremlins. That was a good movie too. Uh, Home Alone. I think this is Home Alone. That's Home Buzz. Alone. Yeah, that's there, definitely Home Alone. Yep. There's Buzz. Yep. All right, there he is. Guy got addicted to drugs and his whole career fell off. Macaulay Culkin. All right, next one up. It's almost over here, Joe. I have no idea. This is this hot Harry Potter Christmas. What is this? I can't tell. It smells. It looks like a bunch of like wizards. Nativity. I've never seen that. You don't know. All right. Question seventeen. Here we go. Which film? Uh, man, what the hell is that, too? Just some kind of elf? Didn't uh, see it. I don't know this one either, an animated one. Arthur Christmas. Okay. All right. All right. There, there's some other ones we haven't seen here. Okay. Arthur Christmas, question 18. We're getting towards the nitty-gritty here. Um, That looks like Nightmare a Tim Burton Nightmare Christmas. Before Christmas, right? Yeah, that's got to be. All right, Nightmare Before Christmas. Right now, Joe, we are tied. So Holy far. Santa Claus shit. There it is. Nightmare Before Christmas. All right. We're getting close. Question 19. All right. Uh, oh, it's not oh. Santa Claus. Is this Christmas with the Cranks? Cranks? Cramps? Christmas cranks. with the Cranks? Cranks? Yeah. yeah. There we go. Boom. 
Boom. Still tied. All right. Question 20. This might be the last question here, Joe, for the tiebreaker. Uh, oh, yeah. There's that kid. Oh. The snot eater. Oh. That's a bad Santa, right? Yeah. Bad Santa. Yeah. Bad Santa. There we go. I, we got that one. Boom. There it is. Bad Santa. That's an epic Christmas movie, too, as well. How many did you get right? We each got 11 right, Joe. We did pretty good on that one. Sure. There you go. We did it. We did it. That's it. That's it for that one, I think. So we made it through that. That was our first time doing that. Uh, now I'm going to switch over to me here. You'll see me, everybody, but I need to get Joe back into the mix here. But, uh, Joe, um, why don't you – let's get rocking and rolling. Let's start doing our picks, and why don't you tell everybody about now uh, the Thursday night game we got coming up. We've got the San Francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans here. Uh, what do you got taking a look at that game tomorrow night? Oh, that's such a – I think that's going to be a great game. Um, I, I Obviously, like Tennessee Titans offense and stuff, we, we still have to see like what we're going to see on the football field. Uh, defensively for the Titans, I feel like they're going to be okay. Like I feel like they, they um, are definitely going to be acclimated enough to be able to try to stop the run game because that's the bottom line for the 49ers offense. You know they love to run the ball. Uh, so if they can possibly slow down or, or stop that run game of theirs, that's going to make this an interesting game. Uh, other than that, I it's really a, a battle of both quarterbacks not making bad decisions. Ryan Tannehill, you know, and, and Jimmy G, like, are they going to be able to to have a, a a good game without mistakes? If if so, that's going to make this contest a really good one to watch. I, I've liked recently what the Niners have been able to accomplish so far. And I feel like this game is one of those games where it could go either way. It's just a matter of who's going to show up type of deals. But um, my money is going to be on the 49ers because uh, I feel like with Tannehill not having all of his guys just yet at his disposal, I feel like this Niners defense is going to make it really tough on him. And, and create a lot of pressure on them. So um, I'm going to go with the Niners on this. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel the same way you do on this whole thing. Again, the, the Tennessee Titans, again, uh, they haven't really been able to get together with Julio Jones because he's been injured nonstop. Uh, and I took a look at it, you know, A.J. Brown's numbers, too, and he wasn't really doing a lot this season. He almost made my naughty list, but I almost didn't think it was fair as well. Uh, but uh, like you said, the difference, I think, is going to be the defense. Uh, Jimmy G, he he's – being that safe type of guy they're still able to get the running game going and a lot of it through uh Debo Samuel he's doing a lot of the handoffs from the backfield even and getting some uh plays together with him not only just at the wide receiver position but as a running back in the backfield uh but this defense definitely uh locking it in and I think that's going to be the difference maker too as well uh I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers uh Mike Tackett goes with the Tennessee Titans all right, there's a, a difference there, too. Right. Mike Tackett going against the grain on this one. Um, I have the stats right here for our That's picks competition. Too. What's that? That's the thing, too, is about Debo Samuels. Look for him in the red zone. That's usually when they use him to run the ball. It's almost like he's just stealing touchdowns away from whoever's starting at running back. It's kind of funny. 
I think other teams don't think it's funny, but yeah. <laughs> uh, let's uh, now take a look here. Like I said, I got the uh, the stats here right now. Joe still has a three-game lead on me, 153 wins to 71. I have 150 to and 74 uh, losses. It's tight still. Uh, last week ended up being crazy with COVID, but it's going to go down to the wire in this one. It's been a lot of fun, Joe, and this I can't wait for the end of this season, too. We're going to have a party. It's going to be it's going to be fun. And the loser drinks this. Everybody, you guys out there, I know, uh, you know, Spotify people and stuff can't see us, but it is a football sized shaped uh, container where we fill up with alcohol and somebody gets drunk and has a lot of fun on one of our final shows of the of the season of the football season. And it's going to be a blast. All right, so uh, checking out Saturday. Joe, we have Saturday games again. Uh, this past week we had uh, games on Thursday and then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, this week, though, uh, hopefully with COVID and all the, the things even right now, we're seeing Robert Sala is not going to be able to be with the Jets because of uh, testing positive. Uh, Sirani for the um, Eagles not going to be able to be there as well. So some of the coaches now are coming up positive with, with, with uh, COVID here. Uh, hopefully that doesn't make a difference with some of those teams. Um, but now Saturday we've got the Cleveland Browns. Hopefully they could field a whole team this this week. Um, and now they, they need to because they need to face the Green Bay Packers. And, and it was tough because I know Nick Chubb was doing all he could last week to try and get this team together uh, and, and play hard and get a, get a win there. But he couldn't do it all himself, again, with the lack of weapons that they had had uh, due to being uh, out on the COVID watch. Uh, they've got a big thing stepping in front of here in the Green Bay Packers who have been playing not only good on offense, but also on defense. Uh, even though that last game, they kind of let the Baltimore Ravens slip back in it to where they almost lost that game. I turned that game off just at the end because I was like, God, oh, they got this. And then all of a sudden, um, th their backup at Huntley was able to get the ball and drive it down. And that leads to where a decision, we'll talk about it probably up with the Baltimore game, to where uh, John Harbaugh is also costing the team uh, some some wins, I think, maybe possibly for this team on some of his decisions. But the Green Bay Packers playing well. Aaron Rodgers still doing his thing. Joe, who do you got in this one? Mike Tackett has Green Bay. Yeah, of course Tackett does. He's a Green Bay fan. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to pick against Green Bay at this point. I mean, they, they've been red hot right now uh, offensively and defensively. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers on this one, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, it's pretty simple here again, Cleveland, with what they've been dealing with. Um, you know, they just got a, a long road against them here for, for this. Uh, now, the Indianapolis Colts, who've been red hot, uh, and now they get to play the Arizona Cardinals here, where we said they just lost it the last couple of weeks here, uh, and not a really easy team to face here who has, excuse me, a, a good defense in that running game. So Arizona, when we try and see that they can bounce back these next three weeks here, they face a tough opponent here in the Indianapolis Colts. What do you got for this one? Um, what was it? What's the game? Like I couldn't the, hear the, you Oh, the, the Colts and the Arizona Cardinals. Colts and Cardinals. Oh, okay. That's a tough right. one. Uh, this is a good game. I mean, where is it at? Is it at Arizona? It's at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a good one. Uh, so here's what I'm going to say: is I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of concerns with Arizona. I said that earlier. We both have said it earlier in this show, and I'm going to stick by it. I'm going to say, listen, the Arizona Cardinals are going to get it together. 
Colts got to travel to them. And I, I feel like they play their best ball in Arizona. So I'm going with the Cardinals on this one. It's going to be tough. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Cardinals have to find a way to shut down or at least slow down Jonathan Taylor uh, to have a shot. But this is one of those games. This is one of those premier games this week. It's probably the game week. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, too, as well. Again, they've got to right the ship. It's tough. This is a tough opponent to try and do that to. Uh, and we're, like we've seen this season, uh, none of these are real gimmies. The Colts can easily come away with this because, again, the way they've been playing lately and, and creating turnovers on defense, but then also just safe behind that running game. But this Arizona defense really isn't bad either. It's like they can only stop that run. Carson Wentz is vulnerable. He still could make those bonehead mistakes and be uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals need to be opportunistic on, on those type of turnovers and really make it happen here for them to, to get back in this. And uh, you said, like you said as well, they're, they get to play at home, you know, at their stadium, they play better there and the Colts have to go there uh, to, to play. So uh, that's going to be something in itself. I like the Arizona Cardinals as well for the Saturday night games. All right. Next, we've got the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons now. So uh, watching the Falcons, how they've even been playing uh, as of lately too. Um, this still not very, very good altogether. Again, they, they, they've got their main weapon in Corderell Patterson uh, for them. Uh, and, and that's about it going forward for them. But the Detroit Lions, you know, really pushing hard. And, and even though they're mathematically, like they just put themselves out of the number one overall pick by that win uh, last week. So, and that doesn't really bother them. You know, they, they feel the fire behind their, their coach and uh, they're playing with heart and they've been in a lot of these games. And to do that to uh, one of the top teams in the league, uh, and now facing Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, which hasn't been a very good team in the league. Uh, they've got a, fire, a lot of fire coming into this one. So what do you think with, with the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons here? Atlanta's at home, by the way. Yeah, I think uh, I think Detroit comes back to earth on this one. Uh, Atlanta Falcons are going to end up taking this game. I, I, I feel like, listen, we've been surprised by this Falcons offense at times. And... I think this is one of those games where we're like, yeah, it could go either way. But at the same point in time, I think Detroit um, may, little, may may slip a little bit against the Falcons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to side with you here. Mike Tackett says the Falcons as well. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be high off that last win. It was a very emotional win. Um, they were able to really pound on a, on a team that really, I think, kind of slept on them. I think they maybe thought they could go into Detroit like, oh, we can write the ship here, which we'll kind of go through here. And I don't know how much preparation they really put into it, but it looked like they didn't put any preparation at all. And Detroit came to play. Um, and, and this, the, you know, the receivers weren't on car because we want to say, you know, Kyler Murray made mistakes here too. But even some of the plays, like we said, DeAndre Hopkins dropped a crucial fourth down conversion. Even AJ uh, Green wasn't uh, making the, the greatest of plays for them as well. Um, you know, it seems like the only guy that has been playing well the past couple of weeks, even though they were losing, I think James Conner has been really doing some stuff on the field in the running game. Uh, but you can't do it all yourself, especially when you're playing behind like they were. Absolutely. That's the thing. Conner's been doing everything on the ground, in the air. Mm -hmm. He's just been like that big time go-to person while Chase Edmonds has been absent. Mm -hmm. uh, and not to mention, 
just to quickly, uh, you know, talk about it, but like Chandler Jones is, is, I know you feel the same way, Jim, but he's like one of those defensive players that kind of go overlooked. I don't know if it's because he's with Arizona or whatever, but uh, he's going to be something difficult to contend with uh, this week. So I, I wonder if the Colts are up to that challenge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, that should be a good game. I mean, I, I'm excited about a lot of these games uh, this week. Um, next, we've got the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, Ravens trying to uh, make do without without uh, Lamar Jackson and, and looking really good, though, with that backup. And again, uh, they I think the announcers had made a joke uh, during that game last week. It's like, Oh, who would have thunk it, you know, that they go and get this guy in the, you know, it was a fourth round. I think they might have grabbed uh, Huntley in and, and that he just worked out nice. And uh, you and I have discussed it and you had brought up the fact of like, well, they went and got that guy that fits their system. He's like the same type of player uh, that Lamar Jackson uh, is. And you can, he can pull off the same plays, you know, run the offense. They would, the way they run it to run. And he was actually handpicked uh, in the process as well. So it only made sense that, that that was a nice move for them. Yeah, and that's that's an ex-teammate of Lamar Jackson's mm-hmm. too. He really pulled uh, some strings to try to get him to Baltimore. And the funny thing is, though, too, is like when I watch, uh, I think his name is Tyler Huntley. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I watch him play, I almost want to say that he's a little bit better of a passer mm-hmm. than Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you notice some touch on his ball, you know, when he needs to and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, he's still mobile, still can kill you with his legs. But at the same time, he's not as dynamic as Lamar Jackson in the running game. But I feel like he's got an edge bit better uh, as far as throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, but now let's see. Let's take a look at this. Cincinnati is at home, and you've got Baltimore visiting Cincinnati. Cincinnati is is bouncing back a little bit. Um, you know, but, again, I one of my players that was on my nice list uh, Joe Mixon really putting up some great numbers for them, having a, a stellar year, uh, despite injuries with uh, yeah. Joe Burrow still getting it done too and getting uh, that connection with Jamar Chase. Um, I see the Cincinnati Bengals uh, taking the victory here against the Baltimore Ravens just because they've kind of been sputtering through things. Yes, the offense has looked uh, good in the, uh, under this quarterback and stuff, but again, if it gets close. The, the, the choices by John Harbaugh to go for it for two have come into question. And not only just even going for it, because even if you look at that play last week, I think uh, Huntley kind of forced it to Andrews because that's the first read that he was, you know, that was the play that was going to. But if he just looked at his second read, he had the um, slot receiver coming across the middle, which would have been an easy two-point conversion all day long. He had him. If he just looked at Andrews, saw he was covered, looked the middle, boom, they got it. It's a different story. Game over, they win. But it's not. But he is a backup, too. So, I mean, that's what you're going to see with some of these backups. They're not exactly prepared and ready for that. Uh, But um, going forward with them, I mean, is is that an issue for for Baltimore, you know, on these two-point conversions? I don't think it's an issue. I think here's the thing is when you got a guy like – Taylor Huntley quarterbacking your offense, a guy that doesn't normally prepare as a starter. Uh, those things are going to happen. Uh, so until something changes to where like that guy gets an opportunity to start somewhere or something like that, uh, you know, those things happen. So um, going into this game, 
I'm also not happy with the Baltimore's defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're supposed to be one of these tough defenses that you had to face this season. But now that they're coming down with injuries on that yeah. side of the ball, yep. uh, it, it doesn't look too good for them. I mean, yeah, okay, Lamar Jackson may or may not return this week. Uh, and even if he does, he's been struggling himself too. I mean, he's th- he's thrown multiple interception games. I think the past two week, past two games he's played, uh, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's trying to force throws to prove to everybody that he's more than just a running quarterback, or uh, if it's just he's just making bad decisions. Um, but going into this game, this is an interdivisional game. It's a game that you must have, and I feel like the Bengals are on the healthier side. Uh, than Baltimore, and I, I like Cincinnati too. I, I think Joe Burrow's been able to to grind it out with that that finger injury, and uh, he's made it. You know, he's made it work. Uh, so when you got Joe Mixon, like you mentioned, running the ball the way he is, and the defense for the Bengals starting to step up too. I like mm-hmm. the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like we brought up the defense again, lacking especially because of injuries. That's the thing that Harbaugh had said even when when he when he broke it down and explained why he did go for two because he really didn't feel confident that that defense if they went into overtime was really going to be able to stop uh, you know the team from scoring they were going to basically they, he didn't feel confident that they were going to help lock it up if they did not win that coin toss and, and be able to uh, hold them from getting a touchdown to seal the game so that's why he went for the quick right. two to try and get that win and get out of there so. All right, next we've got the Los Angeles Rams and the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota's at home. Rams looking a lot better uh, now. Cooper Cup, like we said, lighting up. Matthew Stafford looking good as well. Uh, even in the running game, they, they got uh, Sony Michelle really pulling off some big runs last week. Um, and Mike Tackett has the Rams here. Minnesota, yes, they've, they've got Dalvin Cook back, and they've looked better too. Justin Jefferson balling out. But overall, I think when you look at the two teams, um, it's going to be a tough game, but I think I favor the Rams over over top the the Minnesota Vikings in this one. Yeah, I mean the the Rams. It seems like they've started to get back on track. We've been waiting for the Rams to get back on track on offense, mm-hmm. you know, to where they can get back into the the, the swing of things, and and Sean McVay to get back on track as well uh, with his play calling. And it seems though that they are right there on the right path. So. Uh, if the Rams are clicking on offense, you already know the defense is really good. So um, I think this is a little bit of an uphill battle for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yeah, it's all great, all well and good that Justin Jefferson is having a another phenomenal year uh, for himself. But I feel like this is where uh, the Vikings are going to take the L on this one. Yeah, Rams all the way. Because even when you look at the rest of the depth, it, it tapers off there, and it looks like Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be able to come back and be playing with them with the Rams this week too, because yeah. off the COVID list. So that's even more dangerous because he's now getting comfortable more in the offense too. Excuse me for the Rams. All right, so next up we've got yeah. um, the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots square off again. This time, can the Bills come back and get revenge on the Patriots? Uh, Mike Tackett has the Patriots at home, but you and I have both discussed it here that the Patriots haven't really looked so good at home lately. They're, they're, they are actually worse at home than they are on the road this year. That's different from what we normally know of the New England Patriots. And last week, 
it looks like they just got flat out punched in the mouth and, and Mac Jones again uh, start to feel the pressure there and, and things like that and looked a little more human uh, the last uh, last week. Uh, so now the Buffalo Bills, after coming off a couple of tough games and being able to get their momentum back now, do you think they have enough to come into New England now and maybe throw another punch back at the New England Patriots here? This is going to be a tough one because, you know, the Bills have been phenomenal uh, against the pass. Mm -hmm. And the Patriots game plan against them the first time they, they faced them was like they just ran the ball on them. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and they're, they're the build. So, um, I think it's going to be pretty much the same thing. Uh, unless the Bills can kind of go all out to stop that run and make them throw the ball, listen, they, they're more than capable to play man to man. Uh, but the Patriots, I, I feel like the Patriots with Bill Belichick is going to have the same kind of formula to, to beat the Bills. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Patriots at home, mm -hmm, actually. Mm -hmm. There you go. Joe's going with the Patriots. Uh, this is a tough one. A lot of part of me says I should go Buffalo Bills on this one. But again, they made it so blatant last time that they ran, I forget how many, I think it was 29 consecutive run plays. Like when you know they're running every time and you still can't do it, so then they keep doing it because they know that you can't stop them. That is just yep. bad. It's just bad. So, will Sean McDermott have something to say in this locker room when they or when they watch the film and say, "Look at look what they did to us. Do we have the formula now to finally stop this from happening to us uh, this time?" Uh, for the safe bet, I'm going to go with the New England Patriots at home. But if the um, the Buffalo Bills can figure that out and get the formula, it would be nice to see instead of getting just ran all over uh, like they did last time. Next up, oh, this is the game of the week. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. Mike Tackett has the Jets taking the dub. What do you think, Joe? The Jets, are they going to get a win here, get their third win, I think it is, here against the Jacksonville Jaguars? So now the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have the first overall pick in the NFL draft this coming season, 2022. Will they squander that here against just another one with the Jets to where now the Jets can move slightly closer to a better pick? Yeah, this is one of those games where both teams got to lose, right? I right. Mean, this is like, one, why don't we just tie? They'll meet at the, at the center field and you know, the field. They're like, let's just tie today, guys. Let's just do this. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars don't even have a head coach now. Uh, they've already had a, a terrible season. They've lost some players. You know, they, they're kind of going through the grinder a little bit. And until they get healthier, until they get can get through this season and onto the next season, and maybe they can improve their team even more, uh, I feel like they're just going to continue to struggle the rest of the way. Uh, the Jets have been kind of that team where, like, we know that they're not there yet, but they have some pieces to build off of them. Uh, so with that being said, I think I'm just going to go with the Jets on this one. All right. You're going with the Jets. So is Mike Tackett. I'm going to go with the Jaguars because, again, even though they couldn't pull off that victory, not having Urban Meyer there, it's not the nice, uh, you know, redemption, you know, win they can try and get, you know, moving on from Urban Meyer. Uh, 
the the Jets aren't going to have Robert Sala there as well for them. But also, they've had problems at getting personnel at wide receiver too, and haven't really been able to get anything going offensively. Uh, they're terrible at defense too. I think they're 31st and 32nd in points against and yards too as well. So I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are really, like they said, going to try and get James Robinson involved into uh, the game plan here, try and run the ball. And I think. Again, if we look at the two rookie quarterbacks, we've got the first overall, second overall right here in the same game. If they want to paint any kind of picture that makes it interesting for people to watch this game, you've got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I think Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence has got a better upside, and I think against this Jets defense, he'll make a lot less mistakes. So I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars on this one, and maybe I can catch a game on you here on this. Maybe not. Uh, we'll see. Let's hope. All right. Uh, next, we got the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. I've talked about the Eagles again uh, about this, where now they're facing the Giants again with another backup. And it looks like it's probably going to be Jake Fromm again. They're going to see third-string quarterback, by the way, too. Only This isn't going to be his first game I think he's starting. I don't think he started the last game he came in. So it's going to be his first starting game in the NFL. So this is what you're getting, Philadelphia. So if you want to be joyous about this victory, uh, go ahead, have have your day or whatever. Um, but I mean, this is the perfect opportunity for them again, Joe. You know what I mean? Get to face off against a third-string string quarterback. You offer, have an opportunity to move up in the vi division again and that much closer into a seat into the playoffs. Um, and where the Giants' defense, that's been the only kind of good side to them, even though they haven't really put up a pass rush at all, and still a lot of injuries altogether. Uh, and Kenny Galladay, who's been really, really unproductive altogether, no matter what quarterback you have in there. And Saquon Barkley, who started to show a little bit of what he could do last week, but still Devonta Booker looks like the more productive running back back there. Uh, so the Giants, again, don't have an identity. Just terrible team altogether. Looks like um, Gettleman's moving on. A new regime. Will Joe Judge uh, be there? That's the conversations that are being had over here in New York right now. Philadelphia, it's their game to lose right now. Uh, I like the, the Eagles in this one. I just don't want to hear that stupid-ass song either that they sing all the time. It's annoying. In Philly? Yeah, in Philly. It's their, that song's going to yeah, be there. Yeah. But. yeah. It's definitely going to be there, and they're going to be doing it quite often. So uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. I love the Giants' defense, actually. Um, but without having a quarterback to you know lead your offense, uh, it's really hard to win. Uh, so we've seen it before where mm -hmm. there's been absolutely dominant defenses that kind of carry the team, but the Giants aren't there yet. Uh, and... Uh, I feel like the Eagles have enough offense to to get the get the win on this one. Yeah, I can see. I'll say it right now. I bet you the uh, Giants secondary makes a few plays here to keep this game close, whether it be Xavier McKinney or you know or whatnot. But I think he's going to be making a play, maybe a pick or even a, a forced fumble or so uh, in this here. I know Jalen Hurts is going to make some mistakes. On, on this one but really the eagles they're going to be running the ball finally with miles sanders he's at coming out of nowhere now it's like all of a sudden they flip the switch they're like oh we should do this now uh uh so i think that's what they should do but like i said i think the giants defense and the secondary will make uh for some mistakes jordan howard has actually been the bell cow for the eagles recently mm -hmm. so uh now that they have a guy who actually can move the ball forward instead of laterally 
uh, it definitely helps helps your offense out. All right, here we go. Looking at the picks here. Again, Mike Tackett has the Jets and the Eagles, Patriots. Next up, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Mike Tackett has the Bucks. Joe, I'm going to do um, – uh, oh, no, Donnie's in the house. He says, remember Garrison Hurst. Oh, yeah, I remember him, definitely. That was – I mean, that was the day back in the day. Holy crap, remember that? Um but we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Tackett's on board with that. Carolina, they can't find a quarterback again. It looks like, you know, they're done with Cam Newton, even though either. you said he's going to get the start this week. They're going to make Cam Newton the starter. Yeah, and Andy's yeah, they already pull him again. They already announced it. Yeah, yeah. Since they had issues at quarterback there, and then Christian McCaffrey done again. I mean, that's been a real issue for them. Um, so... I don't think they have a whole lot of life in this divisional game here. I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks need to bounce back against that horrible showing um, against the Saints. Yeah, I think the Buccaneers bounce back this week. Right. Uh, that That's going to be my too. All right, next up we've got the Los Angeles Chargers and the Houston Texans. Um, Houston uh, able to pull off that victory last week. Like we thought, you know, again uh, – Davis Mills doing well enough for them um, uh, to get it done. We had a Brandon Cook sighting too, Joe. Did you see that? <laughs> Brandon Cook yeah. made a play and a, and a touchdown. Uh, now he can go back away somewhere. Uh, but the Los Angeles Chargers, again, that game, they had it again. Just You can't squander those opportunities to get points just because you think analytics work. I think with football, there's too many other uh, – um, things that that come into play and variables that analytics can't work all the time for you you're playing against different offensive lines different players every time different teams different schemes so you can't say this many times if you go for it on fourth down you're going to make it this many times i think there's too many variables so i think their coach is really even though they said i think in the broadcast stick with what got him there so that's why he's been aggressive stick with it still uh, he's also cost them a bunch of games where they really had the victory and then just lost it at the end because of mistakes like that and giving up those points when they're pretty much in gimme territory. You know what I'm saying? You're avoiding the yeah. kicker. He's not injured or anything like that. Utilize him. Get those points when you're there, especially in those close games because you saw in that game against the Chiefs, that changed the momentum totally and gave it to the Chiefs, especially then when they missed it going into halftime. And the Chiefs got the momentum at the end with a nice stop instead of the Chargers getting the momentum going into the, the locker room as well to start the second half. Yeah, I mean, this this game, despite what happened with the play calls last week, I, I like the Chargers in this one going mm -hmm. up against Houston. Yeah. I feel like they have a better roster. A better roster. Definitely, I know their coaching staff is a little bit too aggressive at times, mm -hmm. but – it's worked for them for the most part. It's just they got to be a little bit smarter when they're playing those tough teams down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, now you got the Chicago Bears, who was in a close game uh, last week with the Minnesota Vikings. And now we've got the Seattle Seahawks here, Joe. Seattle at home. Justin Fields facing up against, the, uh, against Russell Wilson here, who has been on a slump. Uh, who do you got in this one? Uh, this one, um, I think I'm going to go with Seattle on this one. Um, Chicago's been struggling no matter who they play. Justin Fields has, has made some critical mistakes as of late. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I, I don't like – listen, I, I you already know that how I feel about Matt Nagy, and I think he should have been gone like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But this guy should not be coaching a team. He can't even control his team right now. Mm-hmm. So because of, you know, the, the misguidance and, and no leadership that that's in Chicago, uh, I understand. Listen, Seattle doesn't have Jamal Adams. Seattle doesn't have – uh, a lot of a lot of big time players like they once had on defense, but I think Seattle plays really tough at home. No matter who's on who's start in the starting lineup, I got Seattle on this one. That's the thing too. When you talk about the Chicago Bears, I think being at home for them really is a big step up, and they play better. And I think that's some of what we saw last uh, night in uh, not last night in Monday night's game. Uh, they played a lot better and were able to step up and do that there uh Akeem Hicks but it seems like he's got to put a lot of workload on him and uh we talked about Robert Quinn too getting some stuff done but they can't do it all themselves uh like you said they can't uh the offense uh Justin Fields still getting the feels trying to trying to feel it out trying to get you know um get it all under wraps and stuff like that make some great plays but then also some mistakes um Seattle they can bounce back here they got just a better quarterback here at home Bobby Wagner leading the league, I think, in tackles, too, for them, even though it's a terrible defense. Uh, I like Seattle as well. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers, they sneak out a victory last week. Again, That the, the t- Tennessee Titans just left them hanging there, just low-hanging fruit, and let them back into this game. And they were able to get it done. You know, a really ugly win. All right, and now the uh, Kansas City Chiefs here, who've been on the better half of some of these games. Defense playing better. Offense been able to get some things done. Um, uh, but then also last week, not so hot, you know, for that offense, but just enough to 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 get the win for them uh, against the, the the Chargers. But Pittsburgh, I think, is a whole different story. I, I think Kansas City being at home, I think uh, they're going to take the victory in this one uh, against the Steelers. Yeah, we've we've seen the the whole thing with with Big Ben struggling with being rushed out of the pocket, mm-hmm. being just basically up all season long. Uh, and that in turn is forcing him to, to make, you know, big time mistakes at times with, with him throwing the football. So uh, I look for much of the same thing happening. Listen, the Chiefs defense has definitely gotten better. And it's because Steve Spagnuolo, the D coordinator for Kansas City, is now going back to his roots. He's going back to blitzing, to sending people more than you can block. And Pittsburgh, we already know, has, has a little bit of a rough grouping in that offensive line. Uh, in all the in the, in all the offensive line positions that they have, so uh, I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs defense is going to send pressure and keep sending it all game long to frazzle Big Ben and and force some turnovers that way. Uh, so Kansas City, with as hot as their offense has been, they're just going to just compound point after point until the game's over. Kansas City. All right. Next up in an AFC West divisional play. Uh, game here we got the Denver Broncos and your Las Vegas Raiders Joe Raiders at home and Allegiant Stadium uh, they looked really nice last week and it's nice to see Brian Edwards you know get those plays and get some of those uh, TDs in there and look really good for them uh, but you said also as well Max Crosby is a nice story too bouncing back and being able to uh, get that pressure and be uh, productive on the defensive end do you got your Raiders in this one there here at home yeah, I mean, there's not going to be no Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be Drew Locke that's going to be starting. Uh, so, for me, it's it's tough to not pick the Raiders in this one. Uh, listen, we've we've seen Drew Locke's story already. 
and how much he struggles and makes bad decisions from time to time. You know, maybe the Raiders might get lucky and get and get a couple of turnovers, you know, maybe a couple of picks or whatever. Uh, but all in all, they're going to create a lot of pressure on Drew Locke because Drew Locke doesn't scare anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, defensively, that that has been the strength for the Broncos, their defense. Uh, despite getting rid of Von Miller, despite not having Bradley Chubb, you know, they, they've been able to do the best that they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I got my money on Derek Carr in this one and the and the Raiders. Absolutely. I'm going to jump on board with you as well on that one, too. And now, next up, we've got uh, the Thursday, uh, the Sunday night game. Man, this looks really rough for them. You would think they would try to flex this one out, but it's the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and, and again, uh, will we be able to see uh, Taylor Heineke, or is it going to be Kyle Allen, or are we going to see Garrett Gilbert again? Uh, but facing a tough Dallas Cowboy defense to where now, like you said, we brought where they've got um, Lawrence is back. You've got Gregory's back, and now Micah Parsons playing the way he's been. That front pass rush is going to be all over whatever quarterback is there. And and, and I think mm-hmm. again they're not going to be able to uh, loosen up the offense with the running game. So they're going to pin their ears back and just keep going back after whatever quarterback might be back there. So it doesn't look very good. And maybe we can see this offense get somewhere here for the Dallas Cowboys. But I think this Washington defense is going to give even them some problems here. So I think this game is still going to be a little closer. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys offense not running as well as probably they should. But I think the Cowboys still will be able to to take care of Washington in this one. Oh, you just turned yourself sideways. Now your video is gone. Where'd you go? All right, I might have lost Joe on that one. We'll see if we can uh, get him back. Um, I'm guessing he might go with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I've got uh, Mike Tackett's going with Dallas. And then next up, we've got the uh, Miami Dolphins. Let's take a look at that. Let me get Joe off of here just so he can. We're not just looking straight at, you know, an empty box there. And... um, well, he's still there. Yeah, I don't know where he went, but but we'll see if we can get him back. All right. Monday. Uh, so we got Monday night on December twenty seventh. Um, the Miami Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints. Saints coming off of a a big win here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think shocked the world on that one. But what we've always said about the New Orleans Saints is their defense has been tough. And despite having, you know, problems at the quarterback position, they still have Alvin Kamara there that's still able to make some plays for them and, and, and get it done. So that's what they really need to do. They need to focus on getting him the ball because right now he's their big playmaker. Besides that, it's a bunch of just names that are just okay out there. Again, Callaway hasn't really, Marquez Callaway hasn't really turned out to be anything spectacular. We'd hope that he would be maybe a, a number one target for Taysom Hill, but not really. Um, and, but this really defense has really stepped up. The Miami Dolphins have been able to get a few wins here, but they haven't really faced a lot of uh, tough competition either as well. Like last week, getting that victory against the Jets was big, playing at home. But again, Tua didn't look so hot in that one. And again, uh, Gaskins also hasn't been able to be that player that I thought he had hoped that he would be uh, this year either. 
Uh, so New Orleans playing at home, I think they still get enough done with Taysom Hill back there in that defense. I think the defense is going to pressure the, the Miami Dolphins here into making some mistakes. Uh, I like the New Orleans Saints in this one for that one for Monday night. Um, so I don't know if I got to send Joe another invite or not, but I, he, he dropped off. So there you go. He's gone. But I will get his um, picks later on this week. So uh, that's it so far for us for this show and our, our uh, holiday special, our Christmas special, our fourth one. This is our fourth annual special. Mike Tackett, by the way, has the Saints, too. Um, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We hope you have a safe and great holiday, uh, whatever you might be celebrating. We say Christmas here because that's what Joe and I celebrate around here. But, you know, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, whatever you guys celebrate, happy holidays. Be safe. Take care of one another out there. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you go to YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, make sure you like and comment on the videos. Also, um, follow us on Twitter, FE underscore no. And also, if you haven't checked us out on Facebook yet, that's where we all we began football on the no show just search football on the no show right there and uh you can watch all of our videos there and also now we are on spotify and apple music so download the podcast if you want to check check us out on the run too so thank you so much for joining us and happy holidays and we'll see you guys next time join us next week from 8 till 10 wednesday night for more football on the no with jim and joe